Hey, what's up? Tony Schiavone here. Conrad Thompson and I are taking What Happened When Live to St. Louis and Baltimore. Yes, sir. If you're a fan of our podcast, then I promise you, you'll love us live. We're coming to St. Louis Saturday, June 22nd at 7.30. That's coming up very soon. Saturday, June 22nd at 7.30. We'll be in St. Louis at Off-Broadway, located at 3509 Limp Avenue. Doors were open at 7 o'clock, but of course, you can get in early if you get a VIP ticket. Get your tickets now for St. Louis at this website, TonyandConradLive.com. Again, TonyandConradLive, one word, dot com. The very next day, we'll be in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. That'll be Sunday, June 23rd. We'll start at 1 o'clock there. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is at 6526 Holliburn Avenue. And, of course, if you live in the Baltimore area, then you know where that is. Tickets for the Baltimore show on the 23rd available by going to this website, whathappenedwhenlive.com. Whathappenedwhenlive.com. Whathappenedwhenlive being one word. There are VIP and general admission tickets available to both shows, so make sure you get on board. What Happened When Live, Saturday, June 22nd at 7.30 in St. Louis at Off-Broadway. Then at 1 o'clock, Sunday, June 23rd in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. If you get a VIP ticket for either show, it includes a meet and greet with photo ops. St. Louis, go to TonyandConradLive.com. Baltimore, go to WhatHappenedWhenLive.com. And we'll see you for What Happened When... And we'll see you for What Happened When? The weekend of Saturday, June 22nd and Sunday, June 23rd. Our special guest, the one and only Casio Kid. So don't be a slapdick and miss out. We'll see you then. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA, and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony answers what they win. Look, Shivani's back again. World title split off center stage. Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro. New World Order and the Crow. Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh. Lois rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom Zing's a good looking man. Quadrike Bill, make a chair. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring. And here's your co host. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. And you're listening to What Happened When? With Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? What's going on, Conrad? Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing this day? It's summertime, and that means uh, that means hunt buildings, and that means a lot of uh, crazy wrestling. You know, uh, isn't it a great time to be a wrestling fan? I think it's the best time ever to be a wrestling fan. And I, I know I'm going to take a little criticism for that, but God, dog, there's so much good wrestling. I mean, there is some terrible shit, you know, just anything Goldberg's in, but we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> Man, there's some really, really good stuff. You know, I, I just thumbed through the observer recently and I'll admit, I haven't been able to keep up with everything, but I saw 
you know, where he was reviewing some shows from new Japan. I haven't seen yet. And he reviewed right. that most recent NXT takeover. And I mean, it was just one five-star match after another. I mean, some of those matches were beyond five stars. And of course we just talked about Cody and Dustin. And then over the weekend, you had another big new Japan show with Okada and golly, there's just so much good stuff. And then there's these new emerging companies, you know, MLW has been super entertaining and uh, our friends at AEW are setting the woods on fire. There's just so many good choices. And by God, Tony Schiavone's back in wrestling. Well, you know, I appreciate you putting you sticking that at the end of that sentence. I'm not so sure how big a deal that is, to be honest no, with you. No, I, that's just you talking, and you need to stop downplaying it because everybody listening to this is really, really glad that you're back. I mean, that's why they're here. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And thank everybody for that. And especially thank you for that. Uh, However, I, I do want to say that I, I'm, I'm very surprised and, uh, that wrestling is as popular as it is. And, and a lot of it has to do with social media. I know in the internet and everything and, you know, fight, uh, dot TV, being able to put a lot of stuff that you can now get in the, in your home or on your device or, or whatever. And, uh, but it also goes back to a lot of good performers. And, and I think we've got a lot of good performers because the performers that we have these days, most of them seem to love and respect the past of the business. And, and that's very, I think that's very important. We all do. You love it. I love it. Everybody listening loves it, but the performers love it too. And they respect it. And, and I think that it has a lot to do with the success that uh, everybody's having right now. Without question. Thank you. And we appreciate you guys jumping on board with us today. We're going to do something kind of fun. We're going to go back to 1989, which is my favorite year in wrestling. I think I've talked about that a lot. I love 1997. I love 1989. We're going to watch a show that Tony wasn't actually there for. Tony was, you know, beating off the ultimate warrior, which we've documented. Uh, and instead we're going to visit what was happening on the other side of the tracks. Ricky steamboat is going to take on Terry funk. Uh, and we've got uh, a tag title tournament. This is a, a fun show clash of the champion seven. June 4th, 1989. So stop what you're doing. Go find your WWE network, go to the vault, go to clash of the champions, go to 1989, find June 14th. That'll be clash of the Champions seven. And man, we're going to have some fun today. This show's going to run two hours and eight minutes. And, um, I know you're excited about this, Tony, because you told me right before we clicked record that we needed to get through this one quickly because Lois had you know, maybe overdone it last night at the bar and you had taken a blue chew and you were hoping that combination was going to lead to some good things. I think it will lead to some good things as a matter of fact, because, you know, we hit, we celebrated an anniversary and it was, uh, my, uh, well, I guess it was the second anniversary that I celebrated with the use of blue chew. What a way to celebrate an anniversary, right? Yeah. Here's the real question though. Who's having more fun with Blitzy, you or Lois? <laughs> You'd have to ask her about that. She seems to be having fun. She got a smile on her face, a big smile on her face. And uh, I, I think it's uh, it's because Blue Chew can work faster than pills. And that's the key. Can work faster than pills. Chew them up. Taking on a fuller, empty stomach. Only takes a few minutes to connect with a BlueChew.com affiliated physician. And you can get your Blue Chew directly to your door in a discreet package. In other words, the package is not going to come to your door. It says, 
open for a hard on or anything like that. It's very discreet. I wish it would, though. I mean, Absolutely. really, I, we need we need a, a certain box for our listeners, right? Because here's the thing: I don't know what's wrong with letting people know. Like, I want my male lady to know I can get it real hard. You know. Even if it was a male guy, you wouldn't mind. I, yeah, I want everybody to know I can get it real okay. hard. I mean, I just want everybody. And I'll tell you this. If you, you just let everybody know that you've got Bluetooth, they'll know. I've become the, the dog whisperer. You know, I can't tell you how many wrestlers slide in my DMs or text me and ask me about Bluetooth. Her. I mean, they, they think that I'm the world's foremost leading expert on super hard dicks and i'm not but our friends at blue chew are and i'll tell you this i know how to get yours real real hard all you gotta do is go to bluechew.com that's b-l-u-e-c-h-e-w.com and use our promo code whw and how much is it gonna take to get that cock so hard even a cat couldn't scratch it tony it's only the shipping cost because the blue chew is free what they're giving away free hard-ons free hard-ons you only got to pay the five dollar shipping that's right your first order is absolutely free. It gives you your confidence in bed every time. You know what I like to say, don't you, Conrad? Chew it and do it. That's right. Well, I've chewed it and done it. Well, there you go. And you know what? I, I have it on good authority that at Tony Schiavone's house, that's a two-man lift. I don't know what that means, but it sounds impressive. And uh, go, you find out for yourself what Blue Chew can do for you at bluechew.com and use that promo code WHW and find out what happened when... You dick down the wife real good. All right. So let's fire up clash of the champions. Number seven, June 14th, 1989. Hey, you reckon Lois is coherent enough to give us a countdown or do you need to step in and be her doppelganger today? No, I think she's ready to go. She got a big smile on her face and I think she's going to be very excited uh, about giving this countdown. Here is Lois Shivani. So this show is the clash of the champions, right? Right. It's like that great British baking show where they, they compete with one another, and, and instead of baking, though, you guys are beating each other up, right? Well, they do countdowns, too, except they go, ready, set, play! I'm Lieutenant General Carl Steiner. Rick Flair and I used to hang out in college together up in Minnesota. We used to chase women. He's an asshole, and I went on to, well, I went to the service here at Camp Lejeune, or wherever am I, Fort Bragg. Anyway... Uh, I'm not kin to the Steiners. I'm not kin to Scott Steiner. I'm not kin to Rick Steiner. Their real name is Rick Steiner, but I didn't know Rick Flair and he had a big dick. At least that's what they said in the shower. They really, they, they, uh, here he is, Rick Flair and Terry Funk. Wait a minute. Okay. Top 10. Okay. I get it. This uh, the number one contender, number ten contender. Jr. was always big into this. I got to tell you, I kind of loved it back in the day. Now, I understand now why it might be a little silly, but a top ten, it makes it feel like a, a real sport. It makes it feel like college football. And here we are, Clash of the Champion Seven, guts and glory. So, hey, listen, you were just, were you just sort of riffing or freestyling, or was Carl Steiner legitimately uh, an old friend of Ric Flair? No, I was ripping it. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he was, he, he was the base commander is basically what he was, or one of the top guys in the base. And, uh, uh, what I remember about this show more than anything else, uh, is, uh, the fact that it was red hot and Jr. and, and Bob Cottle were talking about how much they were sweating through their clothes doing the show. Didn't start at the beginning of it, but by the time the show ended, they were like, 
they were like, boy, J- Jim looked sharp. Didn't he? he always said that pocket square. Man, Jim is styling and profiling. He's ready to hang out with Rick after the show and see if Rick will show somebody the blue hainer. You know, I, I think, uh, and you, you've gotten to know Jr. very well. I think Jr. had worked at a, uh, at a men's, uh, clothing store at one time. So, uh, he knew all about style and fashion and how to dress up and how to look good. And, uh, uh, unfortunately we're going to see the ding dongs coming up here, uh, <clears throat> very soon. Oh my we're, gosh. We should have saved our blue cheese spot for, for the ding dongs, the ding dongs. <sighs> well, there you go, man. I'll tell you the, what it is. It is so hard what to is? see. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't. Mean- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I thought he's all those flags that, oh, it's so hard. Well, I'm thinking you're an American, buddy. You see the flag and you get a hard on. That's what I'm talking about. So what's so hard? I'm sorry. Well, there's no way to, I can't make a joke. I just got to be quiet <laughs> for a minute. Okay. Cause I, what I was going to say, I just, I just can't say. Okay. This, uh, this, if it, I, I got to give, uh, uh, WCW a lot of credit for this. And of course now I'm speaking because that my dad was, in the military, Lois's father was, uh, was retired military. And, you know, this all means a lot, man. This, this, this all means, I mean, you get, you got these kids and, uh, uh, it just means a lot. I just, it's just very emotional. They did. And so WCW did a great job. Watch that rack soon, please. WCW did a great, come on, watch it. Did a great job of making this, uh, you know, uh, the atmosphere, the military atmosphere, basically. It does look like a T-tiny building though. It is. I mean, this looks like, this looks like a building that court Bauer's scouting out for the next war chamber MLW show. <laughs> it could be, uh, they had a, they had a pretty rabid crowd. I mean, let's, let's face it. You're in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and, uh, you're, you're basically in the, uh, in the Crockett territory. So they all, you know, they all watched mid Atlantic championship wrestling and world championship wrestling. And it was, and, uh, <laughs> the Steiners, <laughs> oh God, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I would have done this or not. What showing the wrestlers rappelling down or whatever. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I, I get why, but, but still, I, I don't know if I would have, it's like, well, anybody can do it now. Oh no, no. I think you're establishing that these are the good guys. Oh, wow. Mm, speaking of the good guys. Yeah. How about this? <clears throat> is she going to repel? And you know, if she uh, absolutely, if she fails, she could just bounce right on down. See th- those are the wrestlers right there. Sliding into my DMS. Tell me about blue chew. Is that Norman smiley? Uh, Ranger Ross maybe. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I gotta okay. t- I gotta tell you, as a kid, I would have ate this up. Yeah, this oh. is this is cool. Eating what up? That coming down there right now? Oh my gosh, that would have been as an adult. Look, oh, spread those legs out and zoom. What's wrong with you, boy? Missy's super wet. Yeah, I spread those. Well, you had to spread the legs out for a for a. Uh, did you hear good. what she did? Did you hear it whistle? We had our <laughs> volume down, but <laughs> a good landing. She's all wet now, and her nails is okay. That's her heart. Well, she was smoking back then, wasn't she? Oh man. What do you mean back then? Well, she was, I mean, we're talking 89. I mean, yeah, she but you're was saying the, back then, like she's not an attractive lady now. 
Oh, she is an attractive lady now, but I'm just, well, you know, I mean, just back then she was, she was younger and, uh, Oh my God. Look at this. The dynamic dudes. I feel bad for Shane Douglas out here with a bunch of kids looking like a grown ass Bart Simpson on steroids. <laughs> Look guys, I'm so relatable. I got this neon hat backwards and Frisbees and children. Nothing to see here. And look, they don't even put my fucking name on the graphic. I'm just blank. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll do it. Listen, uh, my, my, my family's out here with shoulder pads on spikes. I got to have my own gimmick. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know they paint their face and put spikes on shoulder. But what if I had a Frisbee? What if I got a Frisbee? Maybe a skateboard. Here, I'll get my, my hair cut cool. You know, he's got, he's got crazy spikes in his I'm gonna school. I'm gonna grow mine out. That sounds good, but I'm gonna stretch that ass. I mean, my God, Michael Hayes right here. First of all, you and I need some sunglasses like that. And when we go to St. Louis next weekend, and when we go to uh, Baltimore next weekend, we need these glasses. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yes. Cassio can be with us. I think that'd be Cassio in the back though. <laughs> Terry Gordy here looks like, uh, he like Cassio, but fuck up some mashed potatoes. Oh God. Terry Gordy was a legit badass, And then he had these two fuckers. What's yeah. great about Terry Gordy is he looks like the grown version of a cartoon bully. Probably because he was a bully in real life. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Did you ever see, uh, did you ever see the AMC show preacher? Uh, not on purpose. Okay. Well, it's, it's quite a show. Uh, there's one big, tough bully guy in that show named Jody. And so Terry Gordy reminds me of Jody. Just beat the fuck out of everybody to give a shit about anything. And when you hit him, he got madder. Mm. I don't think these guys, uh, I don't think everybody here was in the military. I think you had a lot of, uh, civilian slapdicks here. What the fuck are they doing? I mean, uh, it's like, come on, fucking, okay, we, we've had all this shit, and now they're just walking around in circles. Are we in a commercial break? Oh, here we go, finally. Thank God. Let me just tell you one of the things I enjoyed about WCW in this era. I love that they would wrap the post in Coors Light or Ruse. Right. Trying some new sponsorship opportunities, and that's cool. You know, years that's later, cool. you guys would do it with uh, Slim Jim. Oh, how about that? Atomic drops and then backdrops and now pose about Frisbees. Oh my God. I feel bad. You notice one thing here. We've got one camera shot. It's a one camera shoot. So there you go. Thank God they switched to another camera. Holy. And now they're back to this one. Uh, it's just like they, they stayed on this wide shot and then they finally got somebody up on the, their cameraman up on the apron of the ring. Uh, I'm very, very, you know, uh, sensitive to things like this camera work and everything. You know, you were saying that you kind of threw it out, kind of a, just threw it out and kept going that I was jerking off the ultimate warrior back then. Yeah. 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 W with your hand and mouth. Yeah. Well, I think back by that time I was jerking off, uh, Zeus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Around this time yeah. you were, uh, you were cross-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> cross-eyed jerking off Zeus. <laughs> Which one of them dicks you want me to grab the one in the middle. Okay. Thank you. The fans are, man, I, I gotta, I gotta save fans are into this shit, buddy. Well, they why are, wouldn't they be? I mean, listen, 
I know that we're sort of making fun, but that's because, you know, that's what we do here on the show. Right. But the free birds came out all prissy and you know, that's going to get some heat and they got shades on inside and everybody knows only assholes wear shades inside. Uh, and then you've got the two guys who call themselves dynamic dudes and they came out trying to make children happy and they've got frisbees and neon colors. So they're clearly the good guys. So, I mean, they're ready for some, some action. But yeah, but, but is this, uh, if, if you think about the military theme that they've had during the entire show and they start out with some dynamic dudes with kids and some prissy guys, sunglasses, maybe not the best way to start, you know, maybe Ranger Raw should have started this, sh- this show. Oh God. Why would you do that? Well, because he's in the military, he's an army Ranger and this is Fort Bragg. And I think you bring him out in a lull in the show. <laughs> okay. So when things start to, you know, Oh man, we need to, we need to pick me up. Get Ranger Ross. Like this is the one time he's over. <laughs> yeah. The one time he's over. You're exactly right. No, I'm not saying that to be funny, but outside of repelling yeah. down in the Superdome and this. Yeah. Well, I mean, was there another time? No, no, you're right. You're right. I don't, uh, I, I don't know if you know the story, the, the backstory here, but I mean, Terry Gordy was such a great worker. Why, why is he not working this match? Why is he just on the outside? Was he hurt or is this after his uh, situation? I was thinking maybe it was tell everybody, yeah. you know, everybody sort of always beats around the bush and because of our friendship with Michael Hayes, I never really talk about it a ton, but you want to tell everybody what happened there? Uh, I, I, I don't know the particulars. You you know more about it than I do. It was 93 and was before this, but right. he's traveling from the United States to Japan for a tour. And, uh, he overdoses on pain medication and goes into a coma. And because right. they're you know, in the air, they can't get him the attention he needs as quickly as they probably would have if, had they not been, you know, over an ocean somewhere. So Gordy winds up suffering permanent brain damage and he returns to action less than a year later, but, uh, he's never the same performer and struggles. Right. Um, well, but, but pre that accident, that situation, people talked about him, like he was going to be, or he had, you know, just incredible upside. Yes, he did. Uh, he had the respect of all of his peers and everyone knew, you know, when it came to nut cutting time, that guy could deliver great matches. One of the best, but this was before that situation. This was a couple of yep. years before that situation. Uh, and that happened in 93, right? You know, it might be a deal. That's right. But that yeah. might be a deal where if he's in the match, then you need them to win. Well, you know, but I guess what I'm saying is you've got to have somebody get the heat and that's clearly Michael Hayes. Look at him. And then you've <laughs> got to have them beat up somebody and somebody sell and take the ass weapon. So I mean, Jimmy, yeah, rather than Gordy. Right. Right. And that's why the, the trio version of this group with buddy Roberts. So, you know, that way Michael Hayes could get in there and talk trash and then the, the baby faces could beat up buddy Roberts and he could bump all over for them and make them look like studs. But then when it came time for the free birds to sort of turn the tide, they just tag in Terry and Terry cleans house. And it's very believable. So that was sort of the formula from the original free birds. And obviously that changes a little bit here with Garvin. And I know a lot of people aren't as big on the version with Garvin. Cause it's not the original and man, I get that. I do. Cause I've got a lot of great friends whose favorite version of the horseman is the first version. And I get that. 
but to me, I think just independently of one another, independently of this group, man, I, I think Garvin's a better performer than Roberts. Oh yeah, he is. Jimmy Garvin was a great performer and you, probably, I, I understand probably going underrated back to the by the way. I mean, I think people look at this version of him and this sort of, this taints him a little bit, but you look at the stuff he was doing as a single before, I mean, pretty damn good. Yeah. Gorgeous. Jimmy Garvin and precious and had a run with Ric Flair that we've covered on this show and was, uh, was, was great, man. Well, Shane looked pretty good here. Didn't he, you know, Shane is one of those guys where, you know, I think maybe at times he may have been his own worst enemy. Because it feels like as soon as, you know, I mean, he was a guy who had options outside of wrestling and he had a high opinion of himself and that's not a bad thing. You know, he was willing to stand up for what he believed in and all that stuff. And I just think he was very, uh, principled at times about, you know, what he would do and he wouldn't do and things like that. So you saw him sort of just waft into promotions where everybody making decisions saw the same thing we do the dang, this is, uh, uh, pretty big kid and uh, he's in good shape and his work is good and his promos are good. And I mean, he has, he checks all the boxes, but for whatever reason, he never hung around anywhere long enough to really get, you know, maybe the full benefit of being there because it feels like it was lots of stop and go. Now, of course he became a big fish in a small pond with ECW, but I can't help but wonder like, what would that have looked like? Had he hung in here and longer or had he hung around the WWF longer? We'll never know. Either way, we do know the Freebirds get the win here after a DDT. And our referee was the great Tommy Young, who uh, I don't know that we've talked about on the show, but he called me a couple months ago. Have we talked about that on the show? We have not talked about that on the show. I'd like for you to explain that phone call to us. So, uh, well, before I do, I do want to ask, what's your take on Shane Douglas? Do you think Shane could have been a bigger star than he was had he hung around somewhere? Yes, he, he could have been. And, and I think you're right when you said that he was his own worst enemy at times. You mentioned that he checked all the boxes. He checked a lot of the boxes below the line, too. And, um, and that that was unfortunate for him. But, what, man. What do you mean below the line? Well, I mean, it just he was his own worst enemy, and he could cause some trouble. And he could, you know, sometimes you just got to know when to shut up. Uh my goodness. Do you see this yet? This, how have we not talked about that? This is incredible. Oh my God. Strategic command hotline. (laughs) Are you kidding me? We're putting this on social media this week with you doing special commentary. How (laughs) my God, I've never known WCW to shoot vignettes like this. This is tremendous. (laughs) And it's for the fucking hotline. This is so great. All new programming. So what on Monday, Tuesday, got this. Oh, Joe Pettacino knows Wednesday. It's the danger zone. Oh shit. Thursday, Missy going to talk about who she fucked <laughs> and uh, Jr. with the Ross report on Fridays. Then the weekends we'll put anybody on NWA one NWA one. It's the wrestling hotline. What about that? Dude, that was awesome to show Jack victory. Uh-huh. with a, with a briefcase handcuffed to him, stepping out of the limousine and oh, dude, that was fun. Yeah. We're, we're going to have some fun with that another time, man. They are arming it up here, man. Ins and outs and flags and red, white, and blue. And 
uh, choppers and soldiers and. Have we talked about GI Joe before on the show? GI Joe. Yeah. Like the toys, the cartoons, the comic uh, books. No, we have not. As a kid, it was my favorite. Really? My, my two favorite things when I was a kid were wrestling and GI Joe. This is the third time we've got the little Chiron or whatever you call it at the bottom, the lower third graphic uh-huh. to introduce a person and there's nothing on it. <laughs> and look, here you go. Randy Ross, just as you requested. That's right. Bring out the red, white, and blue. All right. Go back and, uh, tell us your Tommy young story here because okay. we got interrupted. Well, so Tommy young, I think is look, there it is again. Another blank intro. Jesus Christ. You would think by, by this time, the director would say, is it ready? Well, you, the you would think, would say, yeah, you no. think by this time, someone would either put the fucking words on there or just say, don't use it. That's right. Right. So Tommy young is our referee again. It's pretty rare, I guess, uh, to see a referee these days do two matches back to back, but not back here in 1989, Tommy young, one of the best of all time. I think most people would say, uh, top three. I think, um, a lot of people would even say the absolute best. I know Charles Robinson, who was in my top three, he says, Tommy young is the best. You so do would, I. Okay. Yeah. So years ago now at this point, we had our famous barbarian story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it was 2017. And, um, we told the barbarian Tommy young story and we even had Tommy young at the first star cast. And he was a guest, a surprise guest on what happened when, and um, barbarian did a run in and Tommy young scurried away. Now, of course we laid out that whole bit, uh, to both barbarian and Tommy young ahead of time and barbarian got on stage and told the real story. Yes, he did. Tommy young just found out what the scoop was in 2019. And I didn't realize that I assumed that Tommy young knew the real the whole time. It turns out he did not. Uh, so I get a random phone call from Tommy young a couple of months ago. He was not happy. Wow. And that was, that was a little shocking for me because, um, when I first booked Tommy for Starcast, uh, I had to get, I had to give him all the information so he could write it down. And I said, well, just give me your email address. I'll email it to you. And he shut that down real quick. And he said that the internet was for the devil and that it was ruining all these kids' minds and he wasn't going to participate and he wasn't going to get on one of those machines where people could steal his identity. Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, that makes yeah. sense because I've only ever known Tommy to have a flip phone. Right. Ranger Ross gets the win. Yeah. Who did he fight? Who was it? Uh, I don't even know the guy's names. Thanks to the lack of uh, video. That, here. that was the terrorist, the terrorist. <laughs> yeah. The terror, the terrorist even hijacked the Chiron. The terrorist was, was portrayed by Jack victory. Okay. All right. Um, so, so Tommy young, um, says that people kept asking him about the barbarian at shows. Uh-huh. And then someone showed him, I guess, on their smartphone. Uh-huh. And Conrad, all these fans were talking about online. They had my picture and they had a picture of the barbarian. And then they showed me a shirt that had my name on it, but barbarian's face paint. And I saw something on the internets with that. And 
one after another, everyone was talking about me jacking off the barbarian (laughs) and he was quiet. And that's when I was a little like, oh man, he doesn't know. Mm. And so I said, well, Tommy, you know, there, there was a story that somebody told us on the podcast. Oh, I know the story. I was there. Do you want to hear it? (laughs) And he told me the story. And anyway, at the end of this, I, I started feeling like really, really bad originally. Like, oh man, I can't. Well, then at the end of the story, he's like, well, do you need my address? And I'm like, huh? And he's like, well, I mean, if you're, if you're selling barbarian hand job shirts, I mean, it's got my name on it. I, I get a portion of the shirt money, right? Mm. Absolutely. So I got Tommy, your address and he sent him some dollar dollar bills y'all and the jack off shirt lives. Oh, very good. But you know, just for a minute, I thought, oh man, I can't, what have we done? We've done something bad. Yeah. And then he's like, nope, no, I'm good. Just, uh, send me a check. Keep, like, keep no, walk, there, walk there's, there's another part of the story. I think, uh, I think there, because Tommy young does not know the internet, uh, does somebody stooged, stooged. Yeah. And, and I know who that was. Oh, who was it? Oh, I'm not going to say, no, no, you have to, no, I'm not going to say, I just, he's just got friends in Charlotte, North Carolina that probably do not like me and stooge him off. No, no, mm-mm. I'm not going to do this. You're going to have to tell me. Nope. Not going to do it. We do everything on this show. No, I'm not. I'm not because I, because I'll, I'll, I'll get it to, oh, hold on. Her, her, <laughs> thank God. JR saved me on that one. Uh, no, no, her, he didn't save you on nothing. You see, uh, cause when it comes to beating Tommy young off, I need to know who was the world's premier her rat. Who out here is trying to ruin all the good fun we're having on this show? I mean, everybody knows that Tommy Young didn't beat nobody off. It's just jokes. Her, I never even made her. I never said her in my life. It just, you know, when you look at my scowl on my face, it makes you think that that's what I'm saying is her. Speaking of faces, here oh, comes man. a painted up one here. The great Muda. Of course, we don't know who he is because he's just the gray rectangle. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing? I don't know. Stop with this. Stop with this. Did Gary Hart actually speak Japanese? Uh, no. Have we talked about Ricky Morton's Japanese before? No. <laughs> we haven't. Oh, uh, we talked about him talking to someone really loud. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, that's, that's Ricky Morton. Japanese is slow and loud, slow and loud. English. Her. All right, Gary Hart. Uh, you got your man out here. The great, I mean, the great Muda, uh, tell us what we need to look forward to. If you can, why don't you turn towards the goddamn hard camera? Well, let me tell you something, Jim Ross. Is this the hard camera? There's going to be a man that I'm going to develop in this wrestling world. His name is Court Bauer. Now, I shouldn't talk about him because Court, when he hear his name on this podcast, will send Tony Schiavone an email and say, are you pissed off at me? And, and Schiavone will say, no, but you booked all these dates in 2019 and you didn't book me. But that's okay. Court Bauer will do his best in this business and, uh, court Bauer will run major league wrestling and court Bauer will, uh, get the fuck out of my face. Court Bauer is going to be my protege. You see, and as you may think I'm a shyster, <laughs> you have seen nothing yet. We're just kidding court. We're just kidding. But who's this guy in the painted face to my right? Is, is this the debut of Muda? 
JR? Uh, Conrad? My, my name's Conrad. Yeah. <laughs> is, this, is this the debut of Muda? Is this his first TV appearance? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Why would I know that? Well, the, the reason I'm thinking is that they put JR in the ring and they had Gary Hart come in and do some introduction. It almost seems like this is his debut, the way they're positioning this. Okay, cool. Whoa. Did you see some flame right there? What the fuck happened? Did someone get burned? Or is Eddie Gilbert? Who else is in there? Is that Tim Horner? The great Muto first appeared on March 18th, 1989 on WCW Saturday night. Okay. And uh, his manager, Gary Hart, introduced him as the son of the great Kabuki. All right. Who Gary had managed for years prior. His first match under this new persona, great Muta, instead of Muto, was against Uh Scott Casey on April 2nd. And uh, he's going to capture the World Television Championship on... September 3rd of this year. So it's been around a couple months at this time, but this is probably, and I'm just freestyling. This is probably the first, um, clash of the champions since, uh, he had a match. Uh, his first match with clash of the champions was April 2nd, which we've covered before the rage and Cajun. You may remember he beat Steve Casey. That's the one from the empty Superdome. but fast forward just a couple of months. Uh, and they wanted to get him back on a, a clash here. So we saw his first major prime time appearance before. How about that's old school right there. Is it not? Yeah, it sure is. That's wow, Memphis now. wrestling. Holy shit. That looked pretty good. Yeah. One of the things I've, I've learned about these Memphis boys and their fire is they don't throw fire. They present the fire. <laughs> No, I'm being serious. Like if you throw it, it won't go anywhere, but you have to present it. So, uh, this, this, these gray, gray rectangles on the left is George South. Right. And on the right is your uh-huh. main man, Cougar J. Cougar J. Which I feel like was probably your nickname in high school. I don't know, but I sure like that hairdo. Stop Look. it with, stop it with the, uh, you tell me that dude doesn't have quaaludes and blue chew in his jacket. He does. Yes, everybody. All right. Uh, now guess who these ding dongs are going to wrestle? Oh God. Oh, the actual thing. The actual, the actual, my fucking God. Look at this. <laughs> it look, it looks worse than I imagined. Doesn't it? <laughs> you know what? Uh, Turner broadcasting should have seen this and should have, <laughs> should have just gone to black. Somebody in the control room should have said, let's go to black. <gasps> Klondike Bill is tightening the ding dongs in the corner. He is still fastening the Uh, stick that has the ship bell, the Navy ship bell. He's fastening it tighter in the corner. There he is having a seat camera side. Uh, so the ding dongs are, uh, wrestlers who I'm colorblind. Is that peach? Yeah, it's peach color. So they have uh peach body suits on that have the shape of bells painted all around them. And they've got white boots and at the bottom, uh, around their ankles are uh, a series of bells. So as they move, there's bells. And then in the corner, one of them looks like he's jacking off constantly. What he's really doing is ringing a bell that's taped to a post. They got (laughs) 
bells on their fingers and bells on their toes and a bone in their nose. Ho, ho. <sighs> man, how about, the, how about the arm drag takedown, man? They didn't make it very long. I guess we should tell everybody they're debuting here at the Clash of the Champions, June 14th, 1989. Um, the crowd is booing. Yeah. Ross is noticeably embarrassed. And, uh, and based on the reaction, the, their push is going to be kiboshed by Jim Hurd. <laughs> and, uh, one of the, one of the recaps I read said the gimmick had only served to alienate the company's blue collar fan base. Uh, oh. so they started to, uh, put over they start being used as an enhancement team for guys like Rip Morgan and Jack victory. And they're done by the end of August. I think August 26th is the last time we see them. They're squashed by uh, the skyscrapers. So they make it two and a half months. And then at the end of the match, they're unmasked and Norman, the lunatic puts on one of the discarded masks. These two guys in here who are working hard and this is really not fair. No, cause they're not, they're actually doing they're, some pretty good stuff. Absolutely. They're, they're really the rock and rebels, Greg Evans and Richard Sartain. And, um, that's a shame because, well, it's no, a shit gimmick. That's why it's a shame. No, but I'm saying they're done. Like these yeah. guys, these guys are like, you never heard of those guys again. And, nope. and, and it won worst gimmick in the wrestling observer and you know, all that stuff. But the thing is, I guess it's worth mentioning the rock and rebels had been around for a couple of years prior to this, uh, you know, doing the independence with Jody Hamilton's promotion. And they did, they did fine. You know, right. Jody Hamilton had a promotion called deep South and they had pretty good success there. So they're good performers who were worthy of being in this spot. But just this whole ding dong gimmick, this is, this is Jim Hurd one Oh one. Is it not? It is. It is absolutely Jim Hurd one Oh one. And you were talking about how fans shit on it and how the, the reports in the wrestling observer named it the worst gimmick. I was at, uh, Howard Finkel's house watching this and we were laughing like shit, man. And I should have thought about this. I should have remembered the ding dongs. When Jim Hurt asked me to come back, because maybe I would have never come back. Wow, where the fans? There's one. There's one fan down at the bottom clapping. <laughs> maybe he's clapping because the match is over. But you're right. Look, they they they. This was they did some pretty good stuff. Look at that. Yeah, th that's the thing. Sometimes we make fun of gimmicks, and, and Lord knows I'm guilty of this. But we're just shitting all over the gimmick. We don't mean to shit on the guy, you know. No. No, the guys, the guys performed quite well. These guys are and, working hard and, and they're probably, you know, really good wrestlers. They're just, you know, and they're doing what's asked of them. But my Lord, fucking ding dongs. Ding dong. All right, oh. we, we apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen, but we do appreciate you being here at Fort Bragg. And of course we know a lot about ding dongs here at Fort Bragg. Cause, um, well, there's not a lot of Missy Heights running around here. And that's a shame, but we're glad that she's here today. She's probably the biggest star of them all. And, uh, when they told us that she was coming, uh, a lot of the boys, um, well, they're more excited about seeing her than they were Ric Flair, but that's another thing. We're real glad that world championship wrestling's here and that we've got a great announcer like Jim Ross and not that slapdick Tony Schiavone. 
Dun, 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 dun. Guts and glory. Woo-ha. All right. Here we go again. Some more army stuff. Right, left, right, left, you know, right, left, run, our ass off, right, left, right, left. It's worth mentioning in the 80s, America was sort of um, military crazed. You know, you had lots of movies like Top Gun or Rambo. Uh, G.I. Joe was huge. You know, the um, if you went down like the toy aisle at a Walmart or a Kmart or a KB Toys, there were just tons of toy guns, you know, that's not a common thing anymore, but you could get toy machine guns and toy Uzis and toy AK 47s and toy pistols and toy grenades. And so lots of kids were playing army. And of course, everybody had the little army men, the little army soldiers as a little kid. And so it makes sense that America is sort of so army crazed, especially when you're, you're positioning yourself to children. And of course, everybody knows that wrestling has a huge influence with children. Go ahead. What do you think uh, Jim Cornette's saying here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I came in here as a heel. What the fuck? Wait a minute. Hang on a second. That's a fan. That a, is a fan, isn't it? A fan has jumped in the ring and the military is now realizing, wait a minute, this isn't part of the show. We got to get him out of here. And Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Eaton's like, hi, hey, baby. You're going to need to get out. We're going to beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> I know you think wrestling's fake, but I ain't fake. I'm about to fuck you up. You're going to need to get through them ropes or I'm going to top rope leg drop you for fucking real. Yeah, yeah. Me and my buddy here, the gray rectangles, we ain't here to fuck around. What? Do you know that it had this been a house show that that kid would have had his ass beaten? Well, you can't murder him on camera. Right. If you can help it. And by right. the way, you have the two greatest. You know, out come the Samoan SWAT team managed by Paul Heyman. All right. You've got two of the absolute greatest managers of all time here on either side. And for years and years, um, Bruce Pritchard has contended that Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman are actually the same person. Just one's from New York and one's from Kentucky. I'm not so sure that I, I agree with that. He just means in terms of their uh, passion for wrestling. Yeah. Both getting in through photography, both really wanting to be involved in the business, both being very creative, both being very opinionated, both sort of rub, rubbing people the wrong way at different times. Has Paulie is Paulie getting on the social media and shitting on everything now in wrestling? I don't think he is. Do, do you want to? Boy, I, I would not have done that. Yeah, I feel like you just signed up for the pain train. No, no, I'm just I'm giving an opinion. Jim Jim Cornette. It, it doesn't like a lot of the stuff that goes on right now. He doesn't. And I get it because I've been with Jim Cornette and I've seen, uh, I've seen him is what the fuck I've seen his mind and holy shit. He took a hell of a bump there too. You know what he does? Like he likes, um, MLW, which is more than we can say for you since you quit showing up for work. Uh, I, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I didn't quit showing up for work. They, Book days that I wasn't available. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm is right. But I wouldn't have mind working with Jim Cornetta, but I think Rich Bocchini is doing a great job now. Serious business. Yeah. Um, do you want to, do you want to backstep what you said about Jim Cornette? Cause if you don't, you're going to get fucking. Well, and I'm sure he's going to hammer me for saying, I just made an observation that Jim Cornette 
on social media and on his podcast shits on a lot of stuff. Now, I mean, I'm not shit on Jim Cornette by saying that I'm not, I'm not arguing with Jim Cornette that he doesn't like a lot of the stuff that goes on. He hates Joey Ryan and all the stuff that Joey Ryan, and he hates all the acrobatic stuff. Jim is old school and he's very opinionated. So one of the favorite things I've heard from Jim Cornette is, um, and he's making fun of the guys like myself who, who like the phrase, you know, wrestling is fun and right. he doesn't want wrestling to be fun. He wants it to be real and hard hitting and all that. And how about this? Totally get it. Uh, yeah. but <laughs> at the end of that, he, he said something that just tickled me about, um, I bathe in your tears or I drink your tears or I don't know. It was just like. <laughs> He is so comfortable at just pissing people off and it makes him really happy. And it's like, that is Jim Cornette. I mean, he's a great promo and he's not even like, he's not, there's no camera in front of him. It's not on TV, but Lord, he's entertaining. If you haven't already, you know, I guess we should mention this is a good spot to mention this. Jim Cornette has two podcasts uh, mm-hmm. one is the experience and he just talks about all things. Jim Cornette. So you get his take on politics and what's current in wrestling. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, he, he left a controversial review of double or nothing controversial because, well, everybody was sort of in wrestling euphoria. And if you didn't say double or nothing was the greatest show ever, it was controversial. Uh, right. So he had a different opinion and people did not like that. And he was very critical of certain things. And it, it brought up all kinds of debate and controversy. Some of it's silly. Um, either way though, he has another show that if you're just old school wrestling, and if you're listening to this show, you probably are, uh, that's called the drive through and man, that show's awesome. Have you listened to the drive through? I have not listened. No, I'm not. I recommend it. What he does is he just answers questions and his co-host Brian last tells fans, Hey, here's how you can ask Jim a question. And then, uh, one after another, he just answers questions. And a lot of them are, are all or most of them are rooted in the old school and it's good stuff. You would love it. So check it out. Jim Cornette's drive through Corny's drive through. So he doesn't like the modern stuff. I get it. I, I get it. And I understand it. And, uh, that's that with the Jim Cornette, uh, apparently that is on social media right now is an extension of the Jim Cornette. We've seen at ringside, very opinionated, likes to cause trouble. Likes what he likes, hates what he hates, doesn't give a shit who, who likes it or not. So what's wrong with that? He's a little bit uh, less politically correct than I like to be at times. Uh, Paulie's talking to Missy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying you're politically correct? Have you uh, heard I, yourself I, I, on this show? I, well, I, I try to be politically correct when it comes to the boys and the boys' work. Mm. Don't you think so? Well, let's talk about somebody who wasn't politically correct recently. Last week on the show, I had, uh, what a lot of social media referred to as a meltdown. I would not classify it as that. Uh, but people were sort of upset that I went off on Goldberg mm. and I said that Goldberg sucked and that it wasn't necessarily Goldberg's fault that he was probably a great guy, but that he wasn't properly trained. And as a result, he hurt people and he was dangerous and was just undeserving of the spot he was in. And after that show aired WWE ran a show in Saudi Arabia. Did you see the match with him and the undertaker, which was our main event of that Saudi show? I did not see it, but I have 
heard a lot of things about it, including well, I think didn't Goldberg apologize? Something happened during the match. Well, let me let me tell you this. Uh, one of the things we're doing on Patreon this week is a bonus episode as we're watching that match from Saudi Arabia. Okay. With the Undertaker and Bill Goldberg, and I'm pretty sure at the end of that, you nor I will ever do anything with WWE. Because I'm just going to call it like I see it. Okay. And everybody else did too, by the way, including uh, Matt Riddle. You're familiar with Matt Riddle. Oh, right? yeah. Matt worked in MLW for a time before he went to uh, NXT. Matt Riddle had some pretty uh, cut to the bone comments about Goldberg. You think it's an angle? Nope. He said, You're dangerous and you're the worst wrestler ever. You're the worst wrestler in the business. And you're, wow. und- you're undeserving of your spot. And then he made fun of his knee bar. And then the next day, after he deleted some of those comments, he didn't back it down all the way. He said, Hey, I just don't appreciate when wrestlers are given the spot and they're unsafe and they hurt people by the way, or PS undertakers, a stallion and a legend. Huh. Speaking of hurting people, fans really bought into this man. And of course we didn't show the pin. Holy Look at shit. the crowd, man. Look at the crowd. I know, man. This is the old school stuff here. What a great time for tag team wrestling too. Whether you were a big fan of any of those three, you know, the Samoan SWAT team, very realistic, the midnight express, arguably the best tag team ever. And then the road warriors here to just dominate and decimate and they're all jacked up and they got the face paint course the crowd's going to be with it so are you saying that goldberg and undertaker is the worst match of all time no huh just saying it's you know it was the main event spot dude okay i thought for a minute that my uh my internet froze up but that was just a (laughs) a long shot of hawk oh Oh my God. <clears throat> Everybody go, 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 go. You know, this wasn't too far before uh, desert storm either. Right. About a year before. Look at, look at the gym sweating, buddy, sweating through his shit, <laughs> his hair. And he's look at his, you, you notice how he's sweating through his, uh, shirt. Yeah. Major league. Look, this is pouring off of him. Oh yeah. I know, man. He told me, he said <laughs> it's the hottest he's ever been at a wrestling show in his life. And he and I did some work at Dorton arena in Raleigh and that was miserable too, but nothing like this. He said, so here's a uh, flashback. We've covered this show before. This was a show we recently covered on the show. It's, um, yeah. the pay-per-view, uh, wrestle war 89 from may in Nashville. And this is the end of the trilogy with steamboat. And of course, at the end of that, Terry Funk was one of the judges. He wants to get a title shot. Flair refuses. Um, Terry Funk goes crazy, attacks him. Eventually hits a pile driver on the outside. I mean, it's nuts. By the way, the, uh, Gulf war you're referring to starts on August 2nd, 1990. So about a year after this, right. You know, we talked about that a minute ago though, that, you know, the, there were so many, um, different influences on uh, pop culture at the time, but when you're marketing to kids, at least that, you know, there's Rambo action figures and GI Joe cartoons and action figures. And, um, 
there was just a major, major influence, you know, like as a kid, most kids, my age played army, you know, like I played army. Yeah. We had guns. We, we went all over the, all over our neighborhood with guns. It's, it's, it's weird now though, you know, that, you know, in the era of school shootings and just the way things are now, like you, you're not going down a toy aisle and seeing a bunch of toy guns. But when I was a kid, man, half the, half the damn boy section was nothing but guns. All right. And, um, that makes a lot of sense that they would go when you're like, oh man, they're doing so much army stuff on this. Well, I mean, they're catering to that audience, right? Yeah. They got a lot of Nerf guns now though. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that, but they do have a lot of those, but you know, I, Hey, you know, I, I wanted to, what's good. There's a lot of going on behind him there. It's security having some problems. It's like, it's keeping people out. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about playing with GI Joe. Mm-hmm. You played with GI Joes, right? Yeah, loved them. Okay, but you played with the like the little small action figure GI. I didn't play right? with the Barbie sized ones that you okay, did. I, I played I, with the little ones. I played with the Barbie sized ones. Yeah, and I had a bunch of those, and I have no idea where they are, and they probably worth some money now. They absolutely are. I wish I would have kept all of mine or kept them in the packaging, but I collected yeah. them all and had the little cards on the back, and I love the GI Joe. Uh, comic book and I, I love the GI Joe movie and I would watch the cartoon every day and they actually sold like a DVD box set of the cartoons years ago, more than 10 years ago. And I got them and tried to make my daughter get into it and she wasn't having it. But in the, in the cartoon, you know, they didn't shoot, they shot guns, but all the guns were lasers. So they didn't make like the, um, like a, there wasn't a bullet sound. It was a, it was a laser sound. That was kind of fun. Yeah. All right, they were just promoting a double ring battle royal here. Yeah, no, they're, no, they're not promoting it here. They're, they're, this show is designed to help sell the Great American Bash pay per view, which is on July twenty third. So all we've been doing this entire time is setting the stage for Great American Bash eighty nine. This show is going to get a three point eight rating, by the way, on TBS, the one we're watching. Hmm, that's not too good, is it? No, that's pretty good. That's good for back then. Yeah. Okay. I also want to mention that, uh, here we are another gray rack time. What the fuck, man? I don't get it. Do you think that maybe, do you think that maybe for some reason the WWE covered it up for some reason or no, I, look, could, look at who it is too. Holy shit. Huh. All right. Well, we got, so we got some two pretty legit shooters right here, man. Dude, this is old school UWF yes, it Japan is, man. just. Hey man, let's just go in there and beat the fuck out of each other. Ah. <laughs> Fucking doc. He's doc is trying. I mean, he's just oozing charisma right now, trying to get everybody into it. And the fans are just not with it. Well, they're, they're, they're old school TBS type mid Atlantic championship wrestling people. That's he's, he's oh, fuck. Holy shit. Just wiped his ass out and they didn't even react to it. I mean, serious business. When you look at Terry Gordy. Mm-hmm. Terry Gordy does not look like this physically imposed. He's not in the, I mean, he's clearly not on the gas, right? He's not, uh, he's not spending a lot of room or a lot of time in the weight room. He looks like a cartoon bully. Like if, if Biff from back to the future was a wrestler, <laughs> I mean, this is Terry Gordy. Yes. <laughs> Very well said McFly. Hello, uh, two McFlies, 
with the same gun. Who was your favorite GI Joe back in the day? The, my favorite GI Joe, the Barbie GI Joe was the guy with the orange jumpsuit on. What was his name? Oh, I don't know. It was, it was the, uh, it was the air force guy had orange jumpsuit. I had a mall, man. I oh, you like know what? One, I typed in the, the word orange and jumpsuit was there. <laughs> I, I had a Navy guy. I had an army guy. I had an air force guy. I had them all, man. And they had dog tags with them. Oh, ah. wait from 1964. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Action pilot. <laughs> Is that what he was called? See, Action pilot. In my day, they named them. <laughs> okay. Every individual one had, had his own name and persona and the whole deal. Did your kids play with you, Joe? No. Well, that's not true. They, they did. They, they did. They played, uh, I remember GI Joe and Cobra mm, Cobra was the jam. Yeah. Uh, m- one of the more interesting characters that I'm kind of surprised WWE never ripped off is Destro. Uh-huh. So the Destro gimmick, and I don't know if you remember the name, but you'll remember the look he had like a Chrome head. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Didn't Sergeant Slaughter, wasn't he, uh, didn't he make a lot of money off GI Joe? You're goddamn right. And I'll never forget as a kid, I had to get my tonsils taken out. And afterwards I got to go to Toys R Us and pick out my favorite toy for getting my tonsils taken out like a big boy. And of course I got the GI Joe Sergeant Mm -hmm. Slaughter that came with a tank. Tony, tell everybody where we are time-wise. Okay. Uh, we are at, uh, 51, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Terry Gordy taking him to the woodshed here in the corner. How would you describe Terry Gordy's knee braces here? Wow. Uh, knee braces for a guy who needed knee braces. I don't think they were gimmicks here, man. Didn't he have bad knees? Wasn't that, uh, no, well he's, he's, he's wearing the knee braces just for fucking looks. Yes. <laughs> no. Hey, so around the same time, no holds barred came out uh-huh. and it did 4.7 million, uh, the first weekend, according to the, uh, the torch, you were on the other side of the fence when no holds barred comes out. Do you remember being excited that you were part of a wrestling company that had a movie? Yes, I was. As a matter of fact. Here's what I remember. We went to a theater in Stamford, Connecticut and shot a video for that. And, uh, I did a interview with, uh, the guy that, uh, his name was Kurt, whatever his name was. He's an actor. I saw him recently in Kurt an episode, Fuller. Kurt Fuller. Yeah. I saw him an episode of Boston legal recently. Uh, I did an interview with him and of course, you know, we played it up like he was really the bad guy. And I did an interview with him and they had a thing where they had everybody in the, in the audience and they said, okay, we're going to do a standing. We're going to show the end of the movie now. And as the credits are rolling, everybody's going to do a standing ovation. So the credits rolled and they did a standing ovation, everybody. And it was, you know, it was people who were in the office and friends and family. And, uh, I all, I kind of thought it was silly that we did the, the standing ovation because no one would do a standing ovation for a movie. No one. Regardless of how good it is, they wouldn't do it. Well, well, they do now. Every time you have one of those jack off superhero movies, you like so much. They don't do standing ovations. Oh, they do in Huntsville. <laughs> I went once and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> really? So, and then I remember JJ was working with us and JJ after they was over and we, you know, we watched the movie that night after we taped everything, we watched it 
And I remember JJ said, didn't you think Hogan was really good in that? And I said, are you serious, James? He said, no. He said, I was pleasantly surprised of how good Hogan was in that movie. I said, he was Hulk Hogan in the movie. He said, yeah, but he, he played the part really well. I said, okay. So, uh, we, we spent our, we spent a whole day and night, uh, doing a video for that, for that movie. And I got to watch it and I thought the movie kind of sucked, but that was me. But then again, if you work for Vince and you thought it sucked, you didn't say that, but I didn't go as far as JJ did and, and, you know, put the movie over to Vince. Of course, Vince never asked me either. So yeah. Why would he? Yeah. Why would he? So what did you think of the movie? I fucking loved it. It's the best wrestling movie ever made. It's not even close. <laughs> really? Better than the wrestler? Mm, much. Okay. Much. <laughs> no, you got to appreciate it. I was eight when it came out. Okay. Know? So yeah. Okay. I got it. There was a movie that, uh, there was another movie that uh, like the AWA guys were in and Ric Flair was in. Hey, let me ask you this. This is a double count out. It, boy, it sure is. Who was who was a bigger dickhead about finishes? I mean, who was a problem with finishes here? Was it Terry Gordy or was it Steve Williams? Because these guys had a lot of countouts in WCW. Yeah, I feel like it's probably Steve Williams. And I know yeah. the the idea is I can't lose on TV; it'll hurt my Japan money. I mean, that was the theory back in the day. Is you, know, you don't want to mess with your Japan money. So if you're losing on TV or the magazines have you lo- now, no, they don't have this TV in Japan, but the magazines would report that you lost or whatever. And that would make its way to Japan. Um, was it Terry Gordy or is it Dr. Death? Who's it's Dr. Death. And, and I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you a part of it. Now, the part of it is that I think that people were, I think he knew that people were legitimately scared of him. That may sound stupid, but I, I always thought that, that Dr. Death could do whatever he wanted because people thought, my God, it just continues. They never fix it the entire time. We're going to do this. You and I are <laughs> going to have fun with this for the rest of our show. That's okay. Mike justice, by the way. And he has the, uh, the task of taking on Norman, the lunatic. Yeah. But, but, but really, I, I, I think doc knew this and I think if doc, there we go again. I think if Doc didn't want to do anything, that he wouldn't do it, and they would go, okay. You know, it's like if the bear doesn't want to go down, you don't slam him, right? Uh, do you remember hearing around this time that WCW had their own answer to Saturday night's main event? Because Wade Keller reported um, the biggest news is the NWA and CBS have agreed to let the NWA have Five Saturday night network specials next season. The two hour specials will air from 1130 PM to 1:30 AM Eastern and will be called NWA Saturday night super bouts. These specials will take place the week before next year's Saturday night's main event by the WWF. However, in addition to the five programs next season, CBS has agreed to let the NWA have their first Saturday night special in two weeks on July 1st. CBS plans to give this wrestling show a mega push. Have they seen the impressive ratings the Saturday night's main events have gotten? And CBS will also be doing commercial spots, previewing the program. Also, Ric Flair, Sting, Jim Ross, Terry Falk, and the Road Warriors are all scheduled to appear on the Pat Sajak show in upcoming weeks. And the NWO will be allowed 
to advertise uh, their other products. So chat me up here. Uh, I don't think that ever happened. No, it didn't. I, that's the, this is the very first time I've heard of that. So I, that's my question is, do you think Wade was just fucking wrong or they had something worked out and it just never happened? Uh, I think Wade was fucking wrong. I, I, I cannot see, uh, back then CBS wanted to do anything with Turner broadcasting. Tom Zink, uh, had recently signed with the company and, uh, he was going to be coming in on September 16th. And as we know, uh, once you saw that Tom Zink was back, you started trying to figure out how you could get back there as well. And then I got back, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So follow the dots. What the fuck are we doing here? Are we taking Norman out in a stretcher? Hmm. I like how he came out with a, with an, with an airline seatbelt, airplane seatbelt around his head. <laughs> That's improv right there, guys at its best. About shaking the keys. the keys in front of him. Yeah. They're the keys, Norman. I feel like that's what you had to do with that bar last night with Lois. <laughs> Come on, we're going on. Shake the keys like she's a dog or something. That's right. Hey, how many old fashions are you going to drink tonight, sweetheart? Here you go. Is that her drink, the old fashioned? She loves the old fashions, yeah. That makes sense because you're kind of old fashioned. Yes, I am. But I'm just not a, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a bourbon guy, you know? I'm more of a vodka guy. You talked about seeing, uh, the movie when you saw the movie, no holds barred, right? Did you get any concessions? Oh yeah. I got popcorn. Okay. Milk. But what's your, what's your go-to? You probably don't go to the movies much anymore. Oh, I do. I go once a month. I used to go once a week, but I, I find it harder to find stuff I'm into, but I'm going to see rocket man. I haven't seen that yet, but I, I can't wait to see that one. Okay. Uh, so what's your go-to snack at a movie? No, popcorn. I'm a fat dude. Popcorn and milk duds. No, I don't do the milk duds. It's not you my jam. Look. Nice shot of Norman's crotch here. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking about milk duds. And and I hear Kevin Sullivan in the background over there. Yes, he's, he's shaking. Triple crown, king of the hill. Double ring battle royal. There's ring one. We got to describe it for you. <laughs> And then there's ring. Two. Look at that shitty graphic. Bless her heart. Well, at least they got that one right. They don't have anybody's name right in this thing, but they got that right. And it's all part of the Great American Bash. Hmm. So this is your favorite year in wrestling, right? Okay. I just realized. What? This was the era where Wade Keller just made up shit to be funny wasn't really happening. Really? There was, there was an era where he, he admitted to do that. No, he was just, it was doing it for satire. So this CBS thing was just satire. Really? Took me a minute to realize that my apologies. Really? Are you serious? He did things for satire. Yeah. Because he talked about it in the opening bout on July 1st, it'll be Randy Savage versus sting. And I was like, oh, he's just fucking around. Cause that's definitely not happening. I, I, okay. Keith Mitchell had to be a part of this. Okay. And we love Keith Mitchell. I know he works for AEW now. 
Uh, and we saw what they did with Double or Nothing and, and the great production value they had for that on Fight. Uh, I guess it was on Fight. Uh, but my question is, wouldn't Keith by this time say enough with the video fonts? Don't bring them up anymore. Probably. Tony, give everybody a countdown. Tell everybody where we are. Okay. We are at uh, 101, 49, 50, 51, 52. Are you with me on that? Dude, these sunglasses, we got to get. I'm telling you, next weekend, St. Louis, next weekend, <laughs> Jimmy's Thank Famous you. Seafood. We're rocking these. By the way, tickets are on sale now. You want to tell everybody where you can get them? Yeah, you can get the, uh, the, one, the tickets for Off-Broadway in St. Louis at TonyAndConradLive.com. That's TonyAndConradLive.com. The next day we'll be in Baltimore. That's on the 23rd, and that's a 1 o'clock show there. WhatHappenedWhenLive.com. WhatHappenedWhenLive.com. Of course, you, you fans of Jimmy's Famous Seafood, you can also go to Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com there as well. I'm, you know, I've never been there, but, man, I'm excited about that show. Well, I'm excited about St. Louis, too, because you know where I have a lot of our low-key big hogs come all the way from across the country? It's going to kind of like a, be a, a low-key big hog reunion there. I'm mad at it. No, I'm not mad at it either. So I look forward to seeing it. I know, uh, I think, uh, JD, Justin Davis is going to be there. I think, uh, Travis is going to come down from, uh, uh, from Canada and be a part of it. And, uh, so yeah, we're going to have a great weekend. Great weekend. Well, look at Brian, man. He was ripped. Wasn't he? Holy shit. That's the best he ever looked. Yeah. I, I agree, man. My gosh. Wow. It's like a Greek God right there. Yes, he does, man. Yes, he does. And this was, uh, I guess this was introducing, uh, and, uh, Brian Pillman to the world, man. It's my favorite Brian Pillman. I, I, no, it's we, not. You like the Bengals. No, I'm, I'm talking about the, the early Brian Pillman before oh, he for went sure. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I like the crazy one too. I mean, I really liked the crazy one, but when I think of Brian Pillman, I think of like his old Galoob action figure with the Bengal tights. Uh-huh. Speaking of crazy, the good old days. <laughs> wow. Kevin Sullivan, they spell his name exactly like everybody spelled their name earlier and stop it. My God, stop this. But, this is, this is embarrassing now. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely embarrassing. Wow. Well, what do you think Mike Rotunda thinks of, uh, the Firefly Funhouse? Uh, I think he likes it. Yeah. What do you think of it? I love the muscle man dance. Do you really? I mean, here's the thing. It's different. You know, I think everybody, I don't think you can have it both ways. You can't say, God damn, I'm so tired of the same old shit. I wish they'd try something new. Right. They try something new and I was like, oh, it fucking sucks. Like, well, hang on. Let it play out. Let's just. Well, have a, little... a lot of people feel it's the best thing they're doing right now. And I can see that. Let's talk about, uh, the show we're watching here. The hot news from the torch where he recapped this. He says the last several months ratings have been plummeting. The recent clash seven drew far less than the goal of a five rating. And right. this prompted the NWA to look back at their records to see what the problem could possibly be. They found it. 
ratings started to fall immediately after Davy Crockett was taken off the air. Now, of course, now I realize, oh, this is the satire section. <laughs> See, I didn't know that a minute ago when I was Hi. CBS. <laughs> I forgot that the old torch just legit made shit up just to be funny. Oh, to be funny. Not, not just to, to, to perpetrate lies. Right. I mean, yeah. I was trying to be entertaining. Okay. Like we are here on the show. Right. I get that. But we are entertaining and they weren't. Mm, that's hurtful. Yeah. Um, recapping this show, this is in the news section, not in the satire. Forgot okay. that, that was in there. Okay. My apologies. Clash of the champions seven aired on July 15th on TBS for three hours and drew a very disappointing 3.8 rating as the NWA was looking for at least a solid five. Right. And the reaction seemed split between those who thought it was a good show and those who didn't. The show opened with Hayes and Jimmy Garvin, the new Freebird, pinning the dynamic dudes in the tag tourney semifinals. Ranger Ross pinned the terrorist. Great Muda's Dragon She demo was interrupted by Eddie Gilbert, who threw fire at Muda but missed and hit Trent Knight instead. The Ding Dongs debuted and beat Cougar J, which is your new nickname, and George South. The Midnight Express pinned the SST, the Samoan SWAT team, when the Warriors interfered, advancing the Midnights to the finals of the tag tourney. Williams and Gordy fought to a double count out in a hundred degree plus heat, which was just too much for these men. And Gordy left the ring after injuring his knee. Uh, he wrote that it was good while it lasted. Norman beat Mike justice, Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotundo. Well, we're watching that one now. Right. So we won't give a, another spoiler there. We'll let it just hang out. But the NWA booking committee is, um, uh, well, they're looking for a savior and bill Watts is supposed to be the top candidate. And Keller would say the biggest thing beneficial about Watts is that the booking would also be his job. He wouldn't wrestle or produce or announce like the current committee. It would just be his deal. Uh, Tommy rich is supposed to be coming in as a baby face. And it's probably not meant as long-term quote, because we all know what an awesome heel rich can be. He can either align with the first family uh, or else Pauly dangerously again. The NWA power hour is going to debut on Friday night on June 25th. And Wade would say it's basically what NWA main event should be. I thought it was a tremendous show. Uh, when Gordon's WNN, the biggest surprise. Soli has a segment on the power hour presented as separate from the NWA, but leaning on it heavily. He covers world-class Florida and even Hulk Hogan's no holds barred. What do you think about them on their own show? Sort of acknowledging other promotions. I I thought it was wrong. I've always thought that is wrong. I mean, we acknowledge other podcasts on this podcast. Yeah, but we're not a wrestling promotion yet. Oh, listen to that. (laughs) We're not. I mean, but he, it, it, it God, I've, I've talked about it so many times. It goes back to Coke and Pepsi. Back then, Vince McMahon was Coke, and they never, never referenced Pepsi. And Pepsi would always reference Coke. So uh, I, it, it's like McDonald's. McDonald's never talked about Burger King, but Burger King used to always talk about, you know, we don't fry our hamburgers like McDonald's. Uh, so I, I thought that was wrong, and we laughed at it. We laughed at everything back then. What the fuck's Kevin doing here? Okay. Got it. Stand up. 
Collar and elbow tie-up. Thought maybe he had blown up by standing up. You know, the fans, uh, uh, this Steiner, just a, a tremendous Steiner line as we were talking right there about Wade Keller, and no one really reacted to it. Right. Uh, so either the Steiners were really not over at this point, or everybody is so hot and just about melted at ringside because it is a miserable night. Did you see that, um, Kenta returned to new Japan over the weekend? I did not. Did you see that Okada beat Chris Jericho over the weekend? I did not. Did you see that triple G knocked the motherfucker out over the weekend? I did not. Did you see that Tony Ferguson stopped okay. Donald Cerrone when his eye closed up? Cause he blew his nose after he had a broken nose. <laughs> okay. No, you know, uh, while you're, are, are, are following this stuff, I'm, <clears throat> I'm doing baseball. Hmm. So, uh, did you see that the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess by the time this airs, we'll know what happened. With the Raptors and the Warriors, but yeah, no, uh, the, the, the Raptors were up three, one when we uh -uh. taped this. And I, I assume you didn't see that. Uh, -uh. I feel like everybody had all their money on the Warriors. Supposedly Marty Jannetty even bet 13 grand on the Warriors, but that would make sense that somebody would come through and kick them through the barbershop window and the Raptors would win. Did you see Marty Jannetty? Do you ever see Marty Jannetty's uh, Facebook posts? Have you, are no. you in a loop on this? No, I'm not in a loop on that. Do you know who Marty Jannetty is? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, okay. One of the rockers. Yes. I just wanted to see. Well, he made, he made headlines because a few years ago he admitted that he uh, kind of wanted to have sex with his daughter a little bit. Well, 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 stop, stop. Don't stop tape, everybody. But, but stop our commentary right now. Marty would you repeat that, please? Yeah, which part? Marty Jannetty wanted to have sex with his daughter. Wanted, oh, wanted to. Yeah, yeah. He was oh. asking Facebook if it was okay. He, he wasn't saying he was going serious? to. Huh? He was asking people on Facebook if it was okay. Yeah. He posted her picture. Did please show up at his house? No. After that? It made the New York Post, though. It was everywhere. I'm surprised you missed this. He wrote, if you, uh, if you loves me as much as I loves you, you will give your opinion. Just did DNA two weeks ago. She's not my daughter, but we both held out of sex because you don't do that. But now that we ain't from a guy's side, she's hot, but she's been my daughter. I want to, too, but I can't get past that. Well, this is, you're, you're not making this shit up. Are you? No. Good God. Oh my God. He'd. Okay. We are, we have really, we have really gone to the wild side on this show. Fuck. Well, that's not the latest. The latest is from June 5th. He posted a cry for help. Sorta. Oh, y'all know I play it on here a lot, but about to be real, real right now. I've been partying way too much lately, possibly every day since WrestleMania, how long ago that ever was 30, 40 days. I don't even know, but I need to stop. It's just hard. My personality doesn't allow me to be bored. And for me going from 350 days on, uh, on the road over a hundred beautiful ladies per year and many, many years 
to living in the backwoods of Alabama right now and only doing shows on the weekend. What the hell else am I going to go do during the week? Drink, smoke a little plant and possibly throw a little powder up, then have sex with all the neighborhood girls, but it's got to stop. I'm not working out right. Not tanning, right? Not studying film. Hell, I ain't doing shit, but drinking, fucking and waiting for the weekends. And now I got three events this weekend and I'm embarrassed at my own damn self to go to these things in front of my people looking like a pale, white, fat pig. And I think I have a seminar to do. Nothing means more to me than teaching my kids. But I've partied so much lately that if I stop for a day, I go into some weird withdrawal shit. My hands shake so bad. I can't even sign autographs. Right. And therefore, just like what I'm doing this weekend, starting tomorrow, I'm going to have to drink my way through all that. So I don't go through withdrawals in front of my people. And I don't want to live like that anymore, but don't suggest rehab. I agree with my super cool and pretty friend, Amy Winehouse, RIP. Love you, sweetie. When she's saying they told me to go to rehab, but I say, no, no, no. And here's what y'all need to know about that bullshit. When I lived in new Orleans, I went to two rehabs, one for sex addiction, one for drugs and alcohol and the drugs and alcohol one that ended up roughing up one of the counselors for being a dick to a sweet young 19 year old boy who was trying hard. And I even told the counselor to knock it off and he smarted off to me for taking up for the kid. You already know what happened next. He didn't smart off anymore. And then the sex addiction clinic, the idiots assigned me to a counselor who was a beautiful blonde with big tits. And we ended up dating for a few minutes. AKA fucking I'll put up a pic so y'all can see how stupid it was to assign her to me. So I said all that to say, fuck rehabs. I can do this on my own. But my question is, what am I going to do with the boredom? PS my heart is talking to me. Haven't, hasn't been beating right for two days now, not to scare anyone, especially my family. Just further proof. I've got to stop. Just told my heart and I will stop. Just let me wean down. So it's not dangerous. Oh my God. That's right. That you just, the, you read some real shit right there. Didn't you? Yeah. Oh, he, he needs some intervention, Conrad. I don't know if you saw what I saw, but I saw the diamond cutter symbol in the sky right there. I didn't see that. That's the bat signal for send DDP. <laughs> yes, we need it. You're, you're exactly right. But. I mean, who's, who's brave enough to go into the backwoods of Alabama after him? I mean, I would scare, I would be scared to go close to him. Why? I'm afraid you might get some residual cooter on you. <laughs> yeah. Residual cooter might be it. Fuck. That's, that's scary shit, man. Oh man. That's scary shit. That makes, uh, what we're doing. Uh, not important. Who's the, who's the guy on the right there in, in the shot? He's, oh, he's, he's part of part, the crew, part of the crew sweating. I'll, I'll just, I'll just stand here. <laughs> Jim's Jim's shirt right now is completely, uh, hello. I'm one of the politicians from the state of North Carolina. And I'd like to say we welcome WCW to the state of North Carolina for all you've done for us. Your tax dollars are going to work. That's exactly right. Your tax dollars is paying for everything here. Not only that, TBS is not getting the rating share that they want. It won't be too long that they'll be out of business. As long as Jim Hurd brings in the ding-dongs, maybe they'll bring in Long John Silver. Who fucking knows? Well, they'll probably end up doing the worst of all, and that's going up to New York and at the Grand Hyatt convincing Tony Schiavone to come back. We know that Tony Schiavone fucking sucks. 
All right. Now the fans are getting pumped up about this. This Marty Jannetty stuff is really disturbing. Wouldn't you say? I think we should get him on the show. Really? Yeah. Why not? Well, it, it, I, I don't know, Conrad. I, I think that it just, it, it this, this all scares me. I, I think we should probably stay away from it. It scares me. You don't want to help him. <sighs> all right, let's help him. How are we going to do this? You going to find out where he lives? I mean, seriously, we just, I think we just send a text message to DDP and just get out of the way. All right, let's do that. Next up here, we got sting and bill Irwin. Of course, bill Irwin's going to go on to be, uh, and you weren't watching WWF at the time, but in 1996, they gave him a gimmick in the WWF. Of course, he's one of Cornette's boys from uh-huh. smoky mountain, but he, uh, he's going to become known as man. Look how the crowd is in the sting. They see Sting as a star, and he's trying the multicolor rat tail here. Yep. That's a phase that Sting probably wishes he could forget. Really? Well, I'm just kidding, but, I mean, seriously, who 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 wanted blonde hair and a black rat tail? Well, it was, it was unique. Oh, so it's, can I get you to do one in time for our show oh, next weekend in St. Louis? No, I, I just... I, <sighs> I, I, Let's do it. Let's dye our not, hair. Let's dye our hair blonde. No, no, we're not going to hire blonde, but it just, the rat tail stood out. It was different. And it, it was one of his trademarks back then. So I don't see anything wrong with it at all. So anyway, Bill Irwin would do a gimmick as the goon. Mm. He was a hockey player. Wow. I didn't realize Bill Irwin was the guy that they had as the goon. Yep. And you get wow. your shit together. Yeah. Wow. Bill Irwin. Hello. We got there. Was that, was that a WCW t-shirt? It's probably a WWF t-shirt that they shot in the front row. Knowing these people back then. I didn't see, I didn't see uh, stings name on the, uh, the attempted stings name on the video font. Maybe an hour into the show, they finally decided, uh, we should stop trying to do that. Look at Irwin, man. That's a pretty good working punch right there. If in fact that is a working punch. Erwin could have been a Freebury, couldn't he? Didn't he have a Michael? Oh gosh, you're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like if uh Jimmy Jam and um Terry Gordy had a baby. <laughs> That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I, I like I like this version of Sting a lot. Really, really did. Well, we've, you know, we, this has been a show guts and glory. This has been a show that, uh, we go back in time and look at your favorite year, but it's also been a show that we've, that we've, uh, revealed a a number of things here. Uh, we revealed that, uh, Tommy young is upset about having the jock off the barbarian and everybody knows about it. Mm -hmm. We've uh, revealed that, uh, you and I used to play with GI Joe dolls. Mm -hmm. We revealed that Marty Jannetty needs some serious intervention. Uh, so this has been a very revealing show. Um, and, uh, and we revealed, uh, you know, about your, um, your anniversary. Yes. My anniversary and the, the blue chew had a part of that and how we celebrated. And, uh, how big was that trench you laid? 
I, I, I have no idea what you just said. I, that's gotta be an Alabama ism. I, the trench that I just laid, you know, you were digging a trench. That's oh, what I was told. Okay. The trench was already there. I, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> the trench was already there. I was just flopping around in it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. I had nothing to do with that. That was all him. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, you set it up. You always set up this shit. Oh, God. Oh man, Bill Irwin. Sting. Woo. I, I, I just think right now the fans are like, okay, we're loving this, but we are so fucking uncomfortable and sweating and and chafing and uh, uh chafing. There gotta be it's gotta be some chafing going on there. So we got two matches left. We got the Freebirds and the Midnight Express and the finals, and then our main event. Mm-hmm. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Terry Fong. Holy shit. Was that, uh, is this coyote? Yeah. Scott Hall coming in, baby. Oh my God. This is one of my favorite promos in the history of wrestling right here. Is it really with the gator? Watch dude. This is gator. Scott Hall. That's his gimmick. Oh, (laughs) the way he just gets ready in between each move. is hilarious. It's well before he became. The badass, cool Scott Hall we knew in the NWO. All right. Now you're seeing a guy who, you know, they give him a gimmick and he wants to make the best of it, right? Fuck. I wouldn't have done. Would you have done this fucking promo facing up a fucking gator? Well, Vince McMahon wasn't calling, so. (laughs) Man. How about it? Gator Scott Hall. Gator Scott Hall. Well, at least the tanks came in to save him. At some point this week for Patreon, I need you to do two things. And first of all, I appreciate that you did the thing I asked for last week. If you missed it, you got to go find it on social media at WHW Monday on Twitter. You'll see a video that, uh, Tony Giovanni and Dave Silva put together of Tony raising the roof, right? Which is, I believe one of the funniest things we've ever done here on the show. <laughs> and, really? Oh, it's tremendous. One of the saddest things we've ever done here on the show. I loved it. And everybody else did too. All right. Sad. Well, so this week I want to do that hotline promo with that really slick Jack victory piece. And I need that Gator Scott hall. I I, I'm just guessing this is Ric Flair's house. Yeah, it is. And there he is. Let's, let's listen. Let's uh, listen to what old Jim Ross is saying. Very, very beautiful facility. Uh, all the comforts of home (laughs) called the dude's house, a facility, the, the champion uh, knows how to style and profile as his home certainly evidences. You know, fans, uh, a lot of questions have arisen regarding the status of the world's heavyweight champion. Uh, will Ric Flair wrestle again? And if so, when? We're going to ask those questions and more for the champ's first appearance on national television since May the 7th in Nashville, Tennessee at Wrestle War 89. So uh, I know he's home. I spoke with him just earlier. We're going to talk to the champion now and find out the questions I know you want answered. Hey, Rick. Jim, how are you, sir? How you feeling? Fine. Good. Getting better. Good. How did you spend some time with us? Well, thank you very much for coming. Beautiful place. Overwhelms every time, every time I'm here. Overwhelms me. Well, thank you. I'm really? very proud of it. Please Good. come into okay. Denver. Sit down. Okay. I think. What do you think of uh, Rick <laughs> answering the door 
with shades on inside his house and a neck brace and a Lakers wind jacket and a gray rectangle. It's taped. It's not even live. How does this continue to happen? I just always got an answer for this shit. What do you think he's saying right now? I, yeah. So I, I called Conrad and I said, Hey buddy, I'm in the hospital. Mm. I've yeah. got, I've got issues with my heart. I'm not going to make Starcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, I'm sure that's going to be okay because, well, uh, you know, I can't pay attention from one thing to the next and I'm not running my life now. Fifi is. And, uh, I just like to say that for all the people that I miss Starcast, but guess what? I won't show up to the next one either. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Dude, I, know, I know him. This is the wildest piece of tape ever. I kind of forgot this happened where he's here in a neck brace, having been pile driven by Terry Funk on the table and chilling at the house in a Lakers jacket and some shades. Let's, uh, let's kick in the audio again here. See what Ricky's saying for real. Uh, I knew day one after the airplane crashed that I would make it back. The doctors said that I would be able to at some point in time wrestle again. Now, uh, it's a question mark. So I, I feel good, but it's, it's real hard not knowing uh, what the future holds for me uh, with the sport of professional wrestling. Well, it's great to hear that you're feeling better. Uh, but I think, you know, knowing you as I do, uh, I have to ask a question, how do you feel mentally? Well, uh, as you go through life, uh, and I don't care what you do for a living, you incur ups and, up and downs, ups and downs. Uh, but uh, mentally, this has been the hardest part for me. Uh, I've always been active. Uh, I've wrestled for the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, I've worn the banner, carried the championship for eight, eight years now, uh, traveling uh, 300 plus days a year. Um, it's hard sitting in the sidelines. Uh, I'm the kind of guy that wants to be taped up and in the game all the time. Uh, it's even more difficult to sit here on Saturdays and watch the wrestling programs and uh, see what's happening right now in the NWA and not being able to do anything about it. Um, another, another question. I, I think the fans are all aware that uh, the world's heavyweight champion must defend the title every 30 days. Uh, that's a stipulation that has been honored for since the, the inception of the NWA. Uh, quite obviously, you've been physically unable to do that, and we've, we've just gone past that 30-day situation, but in the fifth week now. Uh, I think it was very, uh, I think it was very, I think a good sound move, the NWA, to, to waive that situation right now, seeing as though it was their judge that did the injury, uh, have you and the board set a timetable where you must make some sort of decision as to your future and the future of the championship? Well, uh, let me go on record as saying the NWA has bent over backward uh, to make this deal fair for me. I, I had 30 days to defend the title, and they gave me an additional 30 days. Uh, my agent and accountant, Tom Beck, and my attorney, Dennis Guthrie, have met with Jim Hurd and the board of directors on three different occasions, occasions now trying to work out something that we all can live with. Of course, the bottom line being, though, if I am not able to compete 
uh, or will not compete, they will take the title from me. And uh, <clears throat> I guess that's one of the reasons we're here today. Uh, I am going to make the announcement July 1st. Uh, I'll spend a lot of time these next two weeks, uh, you know, putting this back together and, and, and trying to get back into wrestling. Uh, I won't come back 75%. Uh, I wouldn't give uh, anybody in this sport the satisfaction of, not, of beating me for the championship if I wasn't 100%. So if I'm not uh, 100%, then I will have to sit on the sidelines and they will take the title from me. It's the most coveted trophy in sports. It, uh, it deserves to be on a man that's in the ring. It deserves to be in the ring. Uh, it deserves to be in the public eye. And right now it's not. I have to ask you this question. We're taping this uh, on uh, Tuesday afternoon. We're basically 24 hours away from the Clash of Champions that is airing in. If Terry Funk were watching this right now on a monitor, what would you say to him? <clears throat> well, I think if Funk could see my eyes right now, I wouldn't have to say anything. You know what I mean by that, Jim? You can tell by looking at a man's eyes what's on his mind real fast. Uh, I think the wrestling fans know, and I know Funk knows, that if my neck could carry my heart, he wouldn't make it out of Fort Bragg tomorrow night because I'd be there. But I won't give Funk, as I said earlier, the satisfaction uh, until I'm 100%. And Terry Funk, if you are watching this, <clears throat> don't sleep well at night because Ric Flair, 30 days from now or a year from now, will be at your door. Well, fans, uh, I, we are all uh, anxiously awaiting the July 1st uh, announcement. We'll have that right here on Superstation TBS, hopefully, the press conference. It'd be great if we could carry it live, but uh, we'll be working on that and keep you up, updated on that situation. I want to thank you for your time. Jim, thank you. It's great. Always a pleasure. Nice seeing you. It's great seeing you again. I thank always you. enjoy coming to your home. Thanks for inviting us in. And thank you very much. Fans, we'll have more of the Class of Champions right after this timeout. Most of the towns during the great America. So there you go. We're setting the stage for great American bash 1989. It's going to be Terry Funk and Ric Flair. They of course are not announcing that yet. They're teasing that big announcement coming on July 1st. And, uh, they're doing I, a good job hyping the pay-per-view here. I mean, that's really what this entire thing is. I, yeah, I get that. Uh, and, and I understand that you know, you and I have talked before about a subdued baby face. Ric Flair is not our favorite Ric Flair. That's correct. All right. I, I'm going to be honest with you that whole, and this is, I'm not sliding Jr. Cause you know what I think about him. I'm not sliding Ric Flair because he's the greatest performer of all time, but that whole fucking segment bored the fuck out of me. Yeah. yeah. It was not, they're trying to play it serious, right? Which I can appreciate, but it's not what we want from Ric Flair. No, it's not. It's not. And I don't know if it really sells it anything or not. Speaking of not selling shit. Oh God, stop it. Oh my God. Stop it with the graphics. They're going to throw them up again. Aren't they? I'm just thinking the, the director, I'm thinking the director in his, in his monitor had to see that was, it, it was really showing the graphic, but what was going on in the air was not. And the WWE just said, let's put this up. This will be great. It'll make it look shittier than they are. All right, this is the tournament continuing, right? Because they won earlier. Yeah, yeah, this is the tournament finale. Look at the crowd starting to empty out now. Oh, yeah, they've had enough, man. 
There's just so much you can take in a building that's not air conditioned. People got the shirts off, people stinking, chafing. Chafing is your word today. It's one of my words today. Yeah. And we've still got more than a half hour left in this show. How about that? Jesus criminy. Yeah, they, uh, okay. That's what they wanted, right? An empty fucking house for the main event. Exactly. Didn't think this one through, but then again, that was WCW 1989. Now remember how excited the crowd was at the beginning when the cornet and them showed up. Look at this. Man, <laughs> people just taking their shirt. What the fuck? Late. <laughs> yeah, I think Cornette was just hot. Want to lay down? <laughs> Cornette, absolutely. Uh, probably cool under the ring there. Which, can I say something here? <sighs> I'm really disturbed about something, Conrad. What's that? And I see Cornette right down at the ring. Okay. There's been a lot of heat. There's been a lot of heat about David Arquette becoming the world heavyweight champion. Yeah. It was all your fault. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get it. All right. Mm -hmm. But don't you ever, don't people ever, ever complain about David Arquette becoming the world heavyweight champion when the WWE now can put a guy under the ring and pin a guy under the ring and become a champion. It was a fucking comedy. You guys on your show had hacksaw Jim Duggan find a belt in the trash can and name himself champion. You, you put so many belts on another guy. He named himself the shit champion. These are underneath titles, not the world title. Get your shit together. Tony. Shabani. Wow. You're defending. You're defending pinning someone under the ring. Yeah. It's fucking funny. It's entertaining. It's a comedy title. It's a comedy bell. It's made for social media. It's made for the internet. It's not made to be the richest prize of the game. You know, that 24 seven title didn't used to be around the waist of dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair or Terry oh, Bunk or Harley race or oh my God, you know who that was around the waist of nobody. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a comedy. Ha ha truth. Yeah. But th that's the point. I, I'm, and I'm not disparaging Ron killings because Ron killings was a former NWA world champion himself, but this is a funny ha ha. Okay. You need to calm down. I just, I saw that and I went, holy shit. Holy motherfucking shit. Yeah. Holy fuck wad motherfucking. What the fuck? Fuck, 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 fuck. Motherfucking 24 seven motherfucking fuck shit. Remember when y'all had Chucky? The uh, doll. Yeah. The doll. Remember when you had a, a midget blow up? Okay. Boat? I get it. I get it. You can, you remember can, when sting shot lasers out of his eyes. Yes. You can go back and cherry pick. I remember. Yeah. The midget cherry pick. I could just keep going all day. Don't you're yeah. not going to sit here and despair as a good goddamn name with 24 seven title. It's the best thing on WWE besides firefly Funhouse. Okay. Maybe it's better than that. Okay. What? <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. If it's left to you or just have fucking Baron Corbin greatest hits. Now you're blaming me for shit that I didn't even have. What the fuck? Robocop was your fault. Personally. No, it was not my fault. D Ding dongs was your fault. What? Personally. Can I ask you something? Do you and Jr. covered Robocop recently? Did you blame me for it on Jr.'s podcast? Yes. Fuck you motherfuckers. By the way, I busted your balls on uh, 83 weeks this week. We were covering, um, 
a nitro from 1996 and you dress like an asshole <laughs> and I made a comment about it uh-huh. and your boy took up for you. Ah, there is. It's exactly right. Eric said, boy, you're really hard on him. I think he looks fine. Ah, it's my man, Eric. Yeah, we bro. I said, why are you lying? He doesn't look fine. He said, okay, but you were still really hard on him. <laughs> I thought, I, I know y'all are friends, but you're, you're really rough on him. <laughs> and it was like, this is the guy who told you, Hey, we're losing the ratings war. Cause you're too goddamn fat. Maybe stone cold. Steve Austin wouldn't be so hot. If you just weren't so obese, if you could put down the donuts, he, he, you know, people wouldn't care that he was flipping birds and, or as you say, popping birds. Popping birds. Yeah. That's Look, what we dude, it is. It is a shirtless, sweaty mess in the crowd. It looks like we're at, we're at a day. It seems like, it's like we're at a Guar concert. Everybody just throwing, throwing piece of wardrobe off. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, can't blame me for all the bad shit that happened, even though it did stuff did splatter on me. But fuck. Man, and they they, they know they gotta put some time into this match and they're fucking hot. So they're just wasting time on the outside here, buddy. So, I'm not mad at it either. No. I get it. I get it. This, this, uh, this thing is this, this show has come to a screeching halt. Don't you think? Yeah. People are just trying to survive at this point. (laughs) This is the real survivor series. And we've still got the main event to go after this. Look how, look how wet Tommy Young's shirt is stuck to him. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm glad you pointed that out. Cause I don't know that I would have noticed, but. It's completely, it's like somebody hosed him down. (laughs) Man, look at the crowd. It looks like an indie show now. (laughs) I need to see Dave in the crowd going, it's still real to me, damn it. (laughs) Uh, Good Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) oh god and another michael hayes match to boot fuck i know how many fucking michael hayes matches must we watch oh my god i love bobby eaton's like wake up fuckers we're still here <laughs> just bumped right into that <laughs> We ain't done yet. Wake up. Yeah. How about that? All you 300 people left. You excited about uh Starcast three? Yes, I am. I seen these lineup yet of the shows. Uh, I, I noticed that Mick Foley's there. Mm. Excited about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do a run in on his stage show. No, you won't. I won't. No. Okay. Tap in when you're doing football. Mm, that's right. Well, shit. Let's go do a run in. I don't think I've got you on stage this time because you're only there for like three hours before it's football time. You don't have me on stage? 
I mean, I wish you were, but I think you're, uh, plus two. Cause I wanted to get paid. I got to be on stage. Get <laughs> no, that's not true. Dude. You're, you were the first thing to sell out meet and greet wise last time. I mean, you're over like Rover. You just don't give yourself enough credit. Mm. Hey, I enjoy meet and greets, eat and greets. I really do. Just kind of a fellowship, a, a fellowship, intimate setting, tell stories. Most of the guys who are doing the meet and greets, you know, really know all of our stories from, from this podcast and on our live shows. And I really enjoy that. I really enjoy being able to, to fellowship with people. And that's kind of what our Patreons become. You know, we're just all like buddies. Fellowship. Fellowship. Right. That's really what I was hoping to do with these shows, especially Patreon. It's just create like a sense of community. You know, I feel like so, so often in wrestling, there's like a barricade, you know, it's right. Hey, we're. We're the performers and you're the fans or whatever. And I always thought that was sort of, that's not what I want as a fan and I'm a wrestling fan. So let's make it all inclusive. Cause how about this? We're sitting around watching all wrestling together. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all fans of that. Yeah, exactly. And we're, and listen, you don't give yourself enough credit for, for what you've done and how you've brought people together and how we all become fans. I, I, I always kind of got it. Uh, but I, it really didn't hit home with me until we got everybody together for our, uh, our low key big hog event in, uh, in Huntsville. How do you mean? Well, it, when we were all together in that room, we're watching shows together and you and I are commentating on the shows and the fan and the, the, our friends are around and then we go out to eat and we go to a local show together. It just, I, I felt like part of a group. I felt like a part of, uh, you know, just because sometimes you and I, like you're upstairs in your back cave and I'm in my little studio off of my garage and it's easy for us to fall into the mindset of it's just me and you. Yeah. Right. You know, no, you know, and cause it's just you and I right now. And sometimes we don't even have the video turned on. So I just hear the voice through my headphones and you hear the voice through your headphones and that's it. But then, you know, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people wind up listening to this and they feel like they know us and, uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. And I want them to feel that way because I go back to this. I was a big, big wrestling fan, but I'm also, uh, wow. Did I, was that a three count? This is breaking down. I'm, I'm also a big wrestling fan, but I've all, I've also appreciate the, the newer stuff. I really do. Never thought I would. Holy shit. That's a hell of a power bomb. Turn around there, Tommy. One, two, three. I, I appreciate the I appreciate the new shit. I really do. I've, I appreciated the acrobatic stuff, and appreciate it all. So, I think I've I think I've transitioned very nicely into what wrestling has become today. And I I like to thank you and all the uh, people out there who have helped me out with that. <laughs> They're just excited. They're fucking leaving. What do you, what do you, what do you bet that the, a lot of the boys, uh, in the dressing room would just kind of hang out back outside to get some air. Oh, they've got to be doing yeah. something. How about that power bomb finish there? That was a, I mean, that's ahead of its time a little bit. Yes, it is. And I don't know what's going on there. Jimmy Garvin trying to put a thumb up <laughs> Bobby Eaton's butthole, <laughs> checking his oil for him. Oh boy. This show's dragging my friend. 
Uh, boy, is it ever, man. They, you know what? We started hey, off hot and it was kind of fun, but man, there's just too much on this. They could have, they could have whacked off about a half hour here. Yeah. They could have, they could have whacked off the flare interview. What they could have done. Well, I get why they need to do that. Cause this is their chance in prime time to sell the pay-per-view. So you've got to build the revenge story, but yeah, flare is a baby face. Yep. Oh, all right, here we go. Now, one would hope that performers that are Terry Funk and Ricky Steamboat, boy, and uh, again, look at the attrition. People are fucking leaving. (laughs) Another great, they don't fix it the whole show. No, they don't. They don't fix it the whole show. Got to get in touch, Keith Mitchell, about this. Got to say, Keith, what the fuck happened there? You You want us to call him on the air and ask him? (laughs) <laughs> now nah, I don't want to surprise him. I have a lot of respect for Keith. And of course he, you know, he be, may just be like me blame Craig leathers for everything bad. And so we don't have the world champion here. Of course, steamboat dropped the title and, uh, flares the champ. But now these guys are essentially, I guess the number one contenders. Right. That's certainly the way they're going to try to frame it. Um, of course the backstory on may in may in Nashville, uh, a month prior to this five weeks prior to this, as funk is asking for his title shot, flair is reminding him, Hey, the NWA has a top 10 and you haven't been in active competition. You've been gone. You've been off in Hollywood making movies and you know, we're going to go by the top 10. That's what the NWA does. Who gets the title shot? It's not up to me, but you're not in the top 10. Well, of course the former champion, Ricky, the dragon steamboat by default has to be the number one contender. So Flair wants his shot or funk wants his shot at that title. So to do that, he's got to get through Ricky, the dragon steamboat and steamboat, you know, came out with a lot of pomp and circumstance in Nashville. A big entrance, you know, the horse, the, the kid, the wife, the whole deal. And, uh, here that is not the case. Um, Steamboat's not going to be long for this world. I think we talked about this recently, but he's, uh, he's sort of out of here after this, they're going to set up a, a, a match at the end of this that will build towards you'll, it'll make sense when you see it towards the great American bash, but coming out of that, uh, that's it. So great American bash 89 is really going to be sort of the swan song for steamboat. And this match is, is underrated. This is a good match to the all-time greats, but we're going to use it to set up the next match at the end. So we'll see what's next, but it is sort of weird to think about the story of Ricky steamboat. You know, everybody thinks about him as being one of Ric Flair's greatest rivals. And of course he's the NWA world champion this year. And just a couple of months later, gone. So it's a weird story for him. Well, the, the, if you think about it, and, and I didn't realize this, the whole steamboat thing is weird. Started out NWA Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. I know he, and then he, you know, he becomes the, he has that great match, uh, at WrestleMania three and, uh, goes there, comes back. He's going to go back, become the dragon. Then he's going to come back to WCW later on. I mean, he, he really bounced back and forth a lot, didn't he? Yeah. And I didn't realize he did. But, uh, I, and I just, I recently was in Charlotte, North Carolina 
Uh, he was a special guest of the baseball team throughout the first pitch and everything. I, there's a picture of, of me in steamboat somewhere. Uh, and, uh, just you're talking about a guy who is so engaging with the fans and just a genuinely good guy. Not only that, I think he looked really good here. I like the mullet. I like the upper body look, man, everything he did. Truly one of the great performers ever. Don't you agree? Without question. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. You know, I, people probably, if you would say, who's your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, people probably would not put Steamboat on there. But if you would say, who's your Mount Rushmore of great ring performers, he would have to be on there. You think so? So let's talk about that. You would have uh, Ric Flair. You would have. I would have uh, Steamboat. And it's Shawn Michaels. Right. So you got one more. Yeah. Goldberg. <laughs> Sorry. That was a good joke though. Okay. Uh, one more. See, uh, I, I, I don't know that I would put steamboat on that list then. Really? Yeah. Who would you replace him with? I'm talking about guys who give you great matches in the ring. I'm just, just Kob- Kobashi. Okay. Well, see now you've seen much more Kobashi than I have. So I would have flair Michaels. Kobashi, and then I would debate the fourth one. Okay. That'd be a good debate. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's so many good, like right now, I think people would say, oh, it's Okada or it's Omega or maybe even Gargano. Mm-hmm. But a year from now, I think people might say, oh, it's Osprey. Have you seen anything from Will Osprey? Do you even know who that is? No, I don't. You got to see some of his stuff. I think you'll like him. I'm liking all of that. I see, I can tell you that I'm, I'm just, I'm really digging all this stuff and you know, who kind of got me into, uh, and I'm not into it like you are and I don't watch enough of it, but boy, Matt Schiavone watches all that stuff. Oh yeah, he does. Matt Schiavone's, uh, I should start doing this show with him. <laughs> Hells no. What? You and I are a team. Don't say I should start doing this show with him. I was being a smart ass. Shivani, yeah. That, that yeah. Shivani's not as funny as you. <laughs> You being a smart ass, there's something new. You're the funny Shivani. Yeah. I'm the only, well, not really. I was going to say, this. you're not the only one. The only, look at this, man. Is Chris still alive? Yeah, he is. I haven't He's, talked to Chris. I used to be friends with Chris. I think since, since I, I spent a little time with Matt, Chris may think we're not friends anymore and just doesn't talk to me anymore. Yeah, Chris is very busy. No, he's not. Oh, yes. No, he just pretends. He's like you. <laughs> You know, you guys get up early and you iron your shirt and you make your coffee and you go to work and you're just doing it to make your wife think you're really working, but you're not fooling me. Right. I know you motherfuckers ain't doing nothing. Yeah. My, I have to admit my life has just been sitting around talking. I mean, that, that is literally what you do for a living. That's what I've always done for a living. Just sit around talking. Yep. Yep. Either sit at a baseball game and talk or sit here in the bat cave and talk to you or sit at a wrestling desk my chair higher than anybody else's and talking, but you don't uh, do that anymore. You just pulled up lame on court. Don't show up for work anymore. Oh, don't start that. Don't start that. He sent me the list of dates for 2019. And I told court court, I've got baseball, football, and basketball. I look at that doing a flare bump. What the fuck was he doing there? Showing everybody he could. Showing <laughs> An upside down flare bump on the turnbuckle upside down and inside out. I'm about to show all you folks what it's all about. Holy shit. That, that kind of surprised me. No, it didn't. 
Yeah, it did. You don't know. Look at fucking Steamboat, man. You think he's not on the Mount Rushmore of great performers in the ring? Oh, God. That was, I mean, he didn't do anything, but it was still fun to look at. Yes. You don't, you don't necessarily have to do anything to be a great performer. You just have to look good a lot of times. And you he know, looks good up there, man. You know what I want to do? <laughs> I want to get I want to get a wrestling ring and set it up in my basement. And me and you oh, work out some stop spots. Stop it. I'm not going to get in a ring with you. Why not? Because you're fucked. Because you'll pull a gimmick out of your tights and hit me in the head with it. Well, you think, no. Come yeah, on. Yeah, you, oh, absolutely. You're a cheating motherfucker. I know how to work it. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. I'll work it. Okay. Are you telling me if I got, if I set up a wrestling ring in my basement, you wouldn't Nope. why wouldn't go anywhere near it. Let me give you a power bomb. Well, look, I'm, I'm old. Okay. So I'm old and Hey, okay. Put it this way. If you, if Jr. agrees to come to your basement and you power bomb his ass, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll do it. Okay. Do you, Listen, I know we're just, the show has died and we're just stretching right now just to get to the end, but we have resorted to, will Jr. let you give him a power bomb? <laughs> uh, you think that's funny? You wanted to power bomb my ass. Here's the deal. Stretching. I knew I wanted to cover this show because of the Gator promo. Right. And because of the ding dongs. Okay. But I did not know that this show. It's just. Kind just, of, yeah, just absolutely died in sweat. Yeah, that guy in the yellow—he's the only entertaining thing going on right now. <laughs> Bless his heart. He's—he's he's like, woohoo! I'm still here. Woo! Where is he? He'll jump up here in a minute again in that yellow shirt. Wow! Look at this man. They are just. Huh. TBS had to realize. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure that they, I'm sure that knowing how Jr. was and knowing how Jim Hurd was and those guys back then, they left this show thinking, wow, we had a great show and sold it to the TBS people. What a great show that was, but come on, this wasn't a great show. Well, here's the thing too. And I'm not saying this to be funny. The biggest star in the company. And again, I realize how it sounds when I say it, but the biggest star in the company here is who Ric Flair. And he's not on the show. So like, and when he is on the show, it's not what you want and it's not advertised on the show. I mean, so is it that big of a surprise when you don't get the rating, you don't get a five, like, is it that big of a surprise when the ratings down, when you don't have your biggest star on the show? No, it shouldn't be, but it was all done, I guess, to sell a pay-per-view, right? I mean, they thought that what was more important was to get a buy rate for a pay-per-view and I'm. They're probably disappointed on the buy rate as well. Maybe not. Boy, yeah, man, they are. These guys, these guys are spent. Yeah. I mean, it's, they are fucking spent. It's hotter than the face of hell right now. <laughs> By the way, I guess we should mention that, um, oh. there were no observers available for this show. So we just tried to do the recap out of the torch. Just so okay. everybody knew. The observer didn't do a recap of this. No, they did. It's just not posted on the internets. Okay. It's not readily available. I can't go get it. Yeah. You can go get it. You and Melcher friends. No, I can, but Say, you know, I, I didn't fucking care to. So yeah. I just use the torch. Uh, I do want to mention that, um, 
Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotundo pinned the Steiner. Sting got Bill Irwin. They, right. of course, retained the TV title. The Freebirds are now the NWA World Tag Titles or World Tag Team Champions. Right. And um, this match right here, which is going to end in a DQ, I guess we've already sort of teased that, got an A minus in the torch, which is pretty good. A minus? Yeah. Huh. Much as I love those performers. I can't, this is, this is a slow plotting match. I don't think so. I think it's just you and I are, are burnt a little bit on the show. So we see the ref bump, Terry right. Funk looking to take him from the outside in big suplex. It's sort of interesting too. just, uh, the color choices that our baby face, is that Nick Patrick? Yeah. Yes. Pulling by his pants leg one, two. False finish. And the fans are like, fuck, we got to stay here a little bit longer. I love you for that. Yeah. Oh, only a two count. Ah, look at those working punches, buddy. Uh, those are good ones. Oh, why do you go? Because <laughs> I just, I just love guys who can give working punches. I'm just, yeah, but just you, made you, me. you say it like it, like it, you don't need blue. So you go, <laughs> Oh, Fuck, look at them working punches. Whoa. There you go. That's better. Whoa. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's Whoa. what I like. I need that. I need what? that. I need that. Whoa. Sit down. You in the yellow shirt, you motherfucker. We're not looking at you. Somebody just slapped him in the back of the head, but he's probably fucking an army ranger. Mm. Not fucking an army ranger. That's what you fuck- said. No fucking comma. He's probably an army ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Fucking comma. <laughs> or, or fucking exclamation point. He's probably not into the ropes. Come on, please. end this match, please <laughs> still steamboats is on the Mount Rushmore. Great ring performers. Really? You think it's like just CD it just is. Here he goes. Come on. What a cool visual. It is. I never understood that. I'm going to jump off the top rope with the one fist mm. or the karate chop or something. Yeah. yeah. I, it's the visual of look at this. Oh, look at the crew guy. Like don't knock over the camera, Terry. I'm going to hold it in place. <laughs> you know, no, he, it's you my know, coat, you know, he had to be whispering, get out of the way, get out of the way. Because the the crew member stepped right back right away. Look at look at him step right on. Terry was was had a great sense of humor about him. He loved to fuck with people at ringside. Oh, they just threw it out. That's it, right? Nick no. Patrick. Did he when he calling for the bell? Yeah, he's calling for the bell. End of the match. You gotta be disqualified. We need some now that's a shitty here. finish. If that in fact is is the way it finished. Here's Funk right back again. The hand. Yep. Here we go. Oh, Luger. Our baby face Lex Luger is here to save Terry Funk and get some retribution for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Look at those pants he's wearing. He's calling for the mic. Let's uh let's listen in here, Tony. Let's play the audio for the crowd. Do we, we have to. What's he doing? 
camera. You know, there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk. But I have some problems lately. Some problems with my arrogance, maybe. That I'm too cocky. But I have a problem with maybe too much ego, a lot of ego. <laughs> I don't have any problems. All I got is a lot of pride. Come on, Ricky, let's go. Well, Luke is helping him up. Thank God for some sportsmanship. There you go, Lex Luger turns heel, and now the path is clear for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Funk is going to continue in his collision course with Ric Flair next month at the Great American Bash. And now it looks uh, very apparent that Lex Luger and Ricky Steamboat are going to get it on live on pay-per-view. And uh, what, a, what an act of cowardice to come in and attack a man who's just sweated his guts out for 30 minutes with the Funker. Jesus Christ. And a shitty chair shot boot. A shitty what shot? Chair shot. Oh. Good God. I mean, even, uh, of course, we knew, we, we remembered, but I mean, that was pretty predictable, wasn't it? Even when he. Well, because you know. Live, yeah. I mean, it's. You know what he's going to do. Oh, bring me back. Fuck. I want to talk again. We're going to listen to this part too. Yeah, here we go. I'll crank it up for everybody. Number one contender. All right. That's totally right. distasteful. So he makes it clear. You are no number one contender. Just in case you're at home and you're not exactly sure, uh, you don't get another shot of flair. Now you're with me. And as a result, steamers out of here. Sting comes in and give him the baby face rub just to. Sort of confirm, Hey everybody, steamboats, the good guy in all this. And he's been picked on at this point. Sting thought he was going home. He's got his boots undone. He's got his paint rubbed off, but <laughs> still got that black rat tail. They probably said we need you to go out there. And he went, what? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Just kill some time. Got five minutes before we go off the air. We've missed time this show. Yeah. There's Crockett there to save the day. Yeah. Roll that beautiful bean footage. I know the match is over, but let's, uh. Let's go to commercial. Yeah, I got to take a commercial break. Our final commercial break, and now Jr. and uh, gonna follow Bob will talk for five minutes. Yeah, look at him sweating, pouring sweat. Yeah. Stop adjusting your glasses, slam dick. All right. Her. Well, Bob, I tell you what, I uh, I don't know about you, but I'm glad to get out of here. I, I need a goddamn shower and a crown royal. How about you, Bob? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, Jim. I'd I'd like to take this. Uh, trophy that I got right now and just hit myself over the fucking head with it, knock myself <laughs> out cold. Then I wouldn't be sweating so much because these motherfuckers behind me, fuck all them, fuck everything. And let me tell you, Jesse Helms, I worked for Jesse Helms for many years in this state of North Carolina. And I got to say that never have I been here and never will I come back again. Well, goddamn, I hope I never come back here either. Uh, I've been out here so long. I feel like a piece of my roast jerk, my, my beef jerky, you know, that, that shit's dried out too. And I feel like I am. Cause all the sweat's been pulled out of my body. See, you have to dehydrate the meat. if you're going to make jerky and my meat's dehydrated these days, but I'm hoping we can lube it back up. Thanks to blue chew. I can 
give her the old college try one more again. And uh, let's go look at the replay here. We see the kick into the back of the head from, from Ricky steamboat and down goes funk and funk's going to get DQ'd here. Let's, let's listen to the idea here. I have no idea what they're saying. We leave you. We want to show you exactly what happened with uh, Lex Luger as he came to the ring. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you Saturday night at 8.05 Eastern. Just plug in Saturday night at 8.05 Eastern. Really? So there you go. Um, <laughs> you got DQ'd for him with the microphone. I get it now. An anticlimactic finish, to say oh. the least. What, what finish would you have done? I mean... I guess pretty much anything would have been better, but what would you have done? What I would have done, I would have fucking run Flair in there with these with his gimmick on and everything. It's exactly what I would have done. That would have been a big pop. It would have been a big way to end it. I wouldn't have run this jack off. I mean, wouldn't have run Lex Luger in there like this. I would have sent Flair in, right? Because if he, I mean, we they taped this. Pre-recorded. It's in North Carolina. My God, he's here. He's he wanted to. He knew that Funk was here. He wanted a piece of him. Oh man, they're they're going to show the Luger talking again. What are they doing? What the fuck? Talk about mistimed. Jesus, this show really sucked, Conrad. Yep, really sucked. It's a shame that you weren't here to correct them. You know, you were. <laughs> on Zeus at the time. So you couldn't really yeah. do much, you know, you know what, you know what I would have done? Nothing. Right. I would have said, Oh, this is all great. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that. You're just honest. You're like, Oh, I want to put this over. Oh, yeah. I would have, we'd have been high fiving. We would have been hugging each other in the back. Let go of the Chiron. Let take what the fuck. God, at the very end, they're going to show it again. I can't help it. They can't help themselves. That's actually a pretty good lariat or clothesline. By the way, I have been teaching the kids here. You know, I don't, we talked about how different my life is right now. No. So right now at the Conradison, it's myself and my wife and our two dogs, Ginger and baby. Yeah. And, um, her daughter and my daughter. Okay. No big deal. Right. But we've got former United States heavyweight champion, Dave Flair here and his wife and his two kids. Really? And we've got, uh, Mr. Flair's first wife, my wife's mother uh-huh. and her husband. Yeah. And they're all here. Got a house full. Wow. Six adults, four kids, three dogs. Yeah. And I told them all to piss off so I could come watch. Lex Luger throw the rack on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, as much as this show sucked, it beat the alternative for me. Yeah, I, I can see where that would have been the case there. So here's what I'm thinking. If you're thinking what I'm thinking, I'm thinking this next week, we need to cover a lot of bonus content for Patreon. <laughs> so you can have. Uh... No, no, we're not explaining why. Okay. Just go. We got to take care of our patrons. You know what I mean? We we want to do a good job for them. Okay, I got that. Duh. You could you could always just nope nope. I don't want to hear any suggestions. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Can we're I throw one suggestion? Okay. Okay. Just have David Flair tell you what Stacy Keebler looks like. We're not naked. allowed to talk about that. Okay. 
Did you hear who else is here? Yeah. So you're not allowed to talk about that. Do you understand? Listen, I, did, I don't care. I don't care how many kids he's got or how happily married he is in his past is Stacy Keebler. And you just can't get, that's kind of like a tattoo. You can't No, no. When I come to your house, all right now, which I'm never going to, cause I've never been invited, but hypothetically, if I were to come to your house, yeah. I would not just bust through and be like, Hey, uh, tell everybody about that time. You got beat off with road warrior animal down in Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's, that's first of all, that's a lie. And second no, of all, not. uh, okay. The, uh, Stacy Keebler, David Flair thing is common knowledge common knowledge okay well it's common knowledge that you once milk dotted um medusa at a movie theater <laughs> you know what i'm talking about don't play dumb now milk dotted you milk dotted her <laughs> milk dud is now a verb well i mean i didn't milk dot her you milk dotted her <laughs> that sounds awfully that sounds awfully inviting doesn't it it does. So here's the deal. We've got some bonus content coming to you this week on Patreon. One of the things we're going to do for sure is we're going to revisit um, Undertaker Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, just because I want to make sure that we never do anything with WWE. Uh, June 19th, we'll be back at you. We're going to cover the June 30th, 1997 Nitro. Uh, what a time to be alive. Uh, the, the following week on June 26th, we're going to cover the June 28th, 1999 Nitro on July 3rd, Great American Bash 1990 on July 10th, Great American Bash 92 on July 17th, Bash at the Beach 97 on July 24th, Great American Bash 89, the follow-up to the show we just watched. And then on July 31st, we're going to round things out for the month of July with Clash of the Champions 31. Uh, but now that we've given everybody the rundown and they know what sort of bonus content is coming their way, uh, Tony, I feel like it's about that time. It really is. And now it's time for our main event here in a hot, sweaty, stinky base where it and, uh, coming to the ring is. I'm not so sure who that is, Conrad, because he has no, there's no video font. What the fuck? Who is this coming to the ring? And now here comes his opponent. Oh, I, I have no idea who this motherfucker is as well. And now coming to the, oh, here. Well, here comes David Flair to the ring. I can see that he's coming to the ring right now. Let me run up and, and talk to him for a second. David, Tony Schiavone here. I just wanted to know, does Stacey Kabler have any hair on her? We are desperately out of time. We'll see you next week on What Happened When. You're listening to the MLW Radio Network. And for all of our buddies, all of our fans, all of our cohorts on Patron. <laughs> Promotional considerations paid for by the following. LoisRules.com Get all your t-shirts from What Happened When and get them right now. And by What Happened When Live in St. Louis. Saturday, June 22nd, 8 o'clock. They'll be off-Broadway in St. Louis. Tickets available at TonyandConradLive.com And by What Happened When Live in Baltimore. Sunday, June 23rd at 12 noon at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Tickets available at whathappenwhenlive.com and by patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. 
You want to be a low-key big hog? A glass-bottom boat rider? How about a member of the Hot Tag Express? Or the Slapdick Nation? You can join Conrad and Tony. Conrad and Tony with bonus podcasts, behind-the-scenes videos, live weekly chats, and new content each week.